Welcome back to Ladies with Gumption. This is episode 136, Fox in the Hen House, otherwise known as There's a Snake in My Boots. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> my name is Jessica, and I'm here with May and Tatiana. We are the Ladies with Gumption. We recap BCTV in a flash. Um, you can always get in contact with us if you want to share. We give our feedback on shows, but if you want to also give your feedback on shows, then you can send it in to us um, via email at ladieswbgumption at gmail.com, or you can send, her, send in asks on Tumblr, ladieswbgumption.tumblr.com, or you can tweet along with us on Twitter at gctvgumption. You can find our podcast on a variety of different what do you call them? Servers, whatever. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, when they get up and running, if they're up and running. Um, and also on Patreon. And if you are on Patreon, you are extra special because not only do you get episodes 24 hours in advance, the regular episodes, you also get special content that is um, premium. So shows that come on HBO Max, like Doom Patrol and Titans, um, you know, DC, DC shows like that. Um, and we also have expanded beyond DCTV. So if you're interested in any of the Marvel things, we've recently done um, WandaVision. Um, we've done The Mandalorian, which is also on Disney+. Plus. Um, Amazon Prime shows like Upload, The Boys. Um, we'll be doing Winter Soldier soon. I'm not sure if you want to do that episodically or it's kind of like I don't know what Disney Plus's deal is that all their shows come out on Fridays. Like all the time, it's we can do odd. it when it's over because only six episodes. Okay, okay, oh, yeah. so we'll do like a big um, Winter Soldier dump when that's over. Um, if you like Netflix, The Witcher, so we've we've got like a pretty broad collection of episodes up already. Uh, we were having a Patreon sale from the beginning of the year, but that is ending this week. So sad times. Yep. Get in where you fit in. <laughs> and if you like what you see or like what you hear, then you can, you know, stick around because we've got like more stuff coming up, like I said. Um, so you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash gumption. In the news, we have uh, a little bit of news, quite a bit of news. Um, I guess May is going to, uh, our intrepid reporter, <laughs> May <laughs> is reporting live from Smallville where she tells us what happened this week. And whether or not we should care. What happened, May? This week on S- Smallville, on Superman, <laughs> Superman and Lois, <laughs> um, Superman continued investigating uh, Morgan Edge. And like at one point, I don't know why I thought this was funny. She's like, I don't know, this faux um, British accent. He's like, actually, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> but she continued investigating him. Um, and it got really interesting because apparently he is interested in Smallville because of something called X. It's just like yellow Kryptonian stones. I don't know what the name is. Um, so that was really intriguing and also fascinating on the family dynamic. We had like General Sam Lane who actually finally got scenes with his own daughter. Um, and there was a lot of like tension there and basically telling like Clark or telling his sons that, you know, the world needs Superman, so whatever they need from his, their dad, they should just like wait and not really call him because other people's lives are more important. <laughs> I was what? like, wow. <laughs> Rude. Who was saying this? Clark or? No, General oh, okay. uh, Lane. Oh, so, like, Lane. Lois' dad. 
Oh, God. And so they got – he and Clark ended up getting into, like, a major fight along with Lois because they're like, how could you say this, this to our sons and whatnot? So the family drama was much better this week, I thought. Okay. And um, there was some cute stuff also with Clark and Lois because she didn't feel like – like, she had – he had promised that to come to a town hall meeting <gasps> to speak for things, and he didn't because he mm. things. And then she was, like, feeling neglected because, you know, they're moved to Smallville. Things are changing. He's also really focusing on the kids right now and also Supermaning and stuff like that. So she doesn't feel like she's a top priority on his list anymore. So he okay. makes up for it by, like, throwing her, like, cute little candle at dinner or whatever. And then the date gets interrupted, of course. <laughs> um, so I like interrupting dates. He hates yeah, love. Yeah, he just hates love. I don't know. <laughs> but in general, I think it was a, a much stronger episode, and it seems like – you can tell where the direction that the show is headed. Um, it's not so, so angsty with regards to the kids as much anymore, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And then also like, there's like, I feel like Lana and her husband's uh, marriage is not paralleling Clark and Lois's. Cause obviously they're like the superior ship and Lana and her husband have a lot of issues, but right. they're like the two couples on the show where they're, you know, their marriage is sort of explored in some ways. So okay. that's nice. Well, Even though her good. Lana's husband is an asshole. So. It sounds so good for you. <laughs> I'm glad you get paid to watch. <laughs> um, also, this isn't really news. It's more rumors. But um, we got an Anon asking. Um, they thought it was weird that on Black Lightning, Chris and China didn't have any scenes together before she left. And we're like, yeah, that's weird wonder why and then you know um apparently what we didn't know because uh, someone reblogged it was like you know all this stuff that's going on on twitter rumors being spread around that there is some issues between the two actors and that's why they, that's why you know um they didn't share scenes together and so and they were upset you know because no no one you know these are not coming out of any kind of facts and, right. Is it um, just like people watching and thinking this? Yeah, it's people watching, and I don't even know where it started, but it's starting to build to the point where it seems like you know people are are trying to take it as fact. And just to like clear up where we stand on it, we stand on what China herself has said, you know, and it feels like this has been a decision for her for in years maybe in the making and um you know she said that you know she'd been avoiding god's plan for a while now and it was just when cameron died that you know she actually had to kind of sit and be like you know what i need to listen to god's plan for my life and, and move in this direction so we don't really um i mean i say we i mean me personally but i'm sure you two agree that you know we're not entertaining Anything right. other than what has been presented to us, which is what China right. has said herself. Yeah, exactly. And I think people just, you know, there's always that, not suspicion, but like this need to find out that it's more than what people are telling you. Yeah. And I guess they just saw that they didn't have any scenes and then China also actually leaving the show. And they're like, hmm. But I don't, I don't necessarily are think they that connected? they're connected. <laughs> if she had yeah, said either. something about being treated in a particular way or not then I would obviously be completely ready to hear that mm-hmm. from her and believe her on that. But I think that even she tried to make was made it very clear that it wasn't about right, exactly. the cast or tension there. So, so that is that on that. 
Um, in casting news, we finally have a face for um, Ava DuVernay's show, Naomi, and it will be 16-year-old Casey Walfall. Um, I think she it was on like Army Wives and a couple of other shows, but this is really exciting. Um, happy to see her. And they've also cast a couple other people. Um, Alexander Wraith, who was on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so you two may know who that is. I may. Okay. Well, Alexander will play D, who is the owner of a local tattoo parlor who hints that he knows more than he is willing to tell about the supernatural event that shakes Naomi's hometown to the core, which kind of kicks off her um, superhero journey event. So that's one person. We also have Cranston Johnson, who is on Happen Leonard, which I have no idea what that show is. Uh, but he will play Zumbaru, a mysterious owner of a local used car lot. <laughs> okay. And <That> sounds- <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. And Camilla Moreno, who will appear as Lourdes, a young woman who works in a vintage collectible shop and has an unrequited crush on Naomi. Huge eyes emoji because Ooh. okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um that was brought to us by T D line. Um also well, do you have any thoughts or feelings about Naomi's cast? It sounds like very exciting. I don't Mm-hmm. know half of the shows these people have been on but <laughs> right um i i do think in general the show will probably get picked up which is why the casting stuff makes me super enthusiastic about like what we could be watching especially since like this is going to be a dc related show that isn't so berlanti verse-esque mm-hmm. and i like that yeah. she's a, a young like dark-skinned actress because mm-hmm. um that's not usually ava's mo when it comes to casting young talent. So I like that it's a young girl um, who is actually dark-skinned. So it would be a great, great platform for her. Go ahead, Tati. Oh, no. I was just going to say, I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm excited for, for her. Looking forward to the cast. I don't know anything about Naomi. I've never read a Naomi comic. All I know about Naomi is what the man who started the comic book series, whose name I've forgotten, even though he's very, very famous, um, said in, in an interview that I transcribed. So it sounds very interesting. And I look forward to seeing it for the first time on TV and not yeah. biasing myself about it by reading the comic first. And it's relatively new, right, in the comics? Like it's only been maybe a couple yeah. years-ish. Right. And she's, mm-hmm. But she's also being included in the new Justice League lineup. Mm, so nice. That he's doing, can you yeah. control yourself, Tati, and not read ahead? I can't. Well, I mean, I don't even read comics anymore because I literally have no time. So I can very easily not control myself and not read ahead. <laughs> well, in other casting news, Supergirl has cast two people. Claude Knowlton from American Crime Story as a mild-mannered alien whose tragic past allows him to help the super friends with their mission at hand. How vague. Um, and Jason Bear, a famous... No one knows anything about. <laughs> huh? This mission, no one knows anything about because we don't know much about. Yeah, because you don't, because we don't know what the season's <laughs> gonna be about. Um, okay, um, I'll hold off on what I want to say about this. Uh, oh, well, he's kind of old. Take so your mind, maybe. Jessica. Yeah. He, I think he's he's like old, right? So Claude Knowlton. Yeah. How old is he? Um, I'm looking him up because I don't know this man. He is 55 years old. So yeah. Okay, so he's out of the, okay. out of the range of being. <laughs> forced in somewhere so okay that oh, was well. <laughs> and then jason bear who was uh famous from roswell yes and we'll be... you know, not looking <laughs> that great these days but that's okay it's 
Okay. It, maybe, <laughs> that, maybe it's a bad picture. We don't know. Maybe. Let's hope. Um, he is playing a famous Kryptonian who plays a significant role in helping Kara when she faces circumstances beyond her control. So they're not saying which Kryptonian he is, but it's a big one, apparently. All right. A big Kryptonian. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. And then um, rounding out the news, just a general um, PSA, uh, part of the Stop Asian American Pacific Islander Hate um campaign obviously there's been like a significant increase in attacks on asian and pacific islander americans mm-hmm. um in the past year due to the coronavirus um and then this week um there's shooting in atlanta where eight people died um a white man went into several different spas and mm-hmm. just killed people because According to the police, he was having a bad day. So, you know, whatever. But the victims, their names, Soon Park, age 74, Hyun Joon Grant, age 51, Soon Ja Kim, age 69, Young Wei, age 63, Zhao Zetan, age 49, Dario Thong, age 44, Delana Ashleyon, age 33, and Paul Andre. Paul Andre Michaels, age 54. So those are the people that lost their lives because of someone else's bad day. Like, I would feel like the person that was murdered doing their job would have be having a worse day than the person that shot them. But, you know, what do I know? Um, but a lot of, um, of course, mm-hmm. stars from the DC TV shows, Nicole Kong, Chantal, uh, Thuy, Victoria Park, um, young women, very upset and um, received some reports from their co-stars as well. So uh, that is something important that needs to be addressed and brought awareness to you. Do you ladies have anything to add about the situation? I mean, just that it's, you know, incredibly sad and horrifying that these things are happening and that we have such a rise in hate crimes, you know, of first, you know, with um, hate crimes against black people, hate crimes against Asian Pacific Islanders. Um, And um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I don't know what we can do other than take away guns first so that then we can bring this down and then work on racism. Well, I think we can work on them simultaneously. Oh, well, of course we can. I'm just saying, like, while yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you take away all the guns, and then you're like, hey, you can't erase us. Yeah. It's frustration that, like, the way that media continues packaging these headlines and stories about white men and who are murderers, instead of just calling it what it is, a hate crime. Mm-hmm. Um they have bad days. Right they have bad rope. days. Yeah, like, the media just... They were a good society growing up. Right, like, and it's just... It's just frustrating because we can't do, we can't, I mean, obviously people are combating it, but white people don't, not by not like addressing it, it makes it that much more difficult to bring awareness or at least like empathize and sympathize with. with or like right. effectively make change. <laughs> exactly. So it's yeah. just, I don't know, it's really irritating and, and, and anger. And reflects to like mental illness, right? Which, of mm-hmm. course, is also another issue that we should be treating as well in this country, but does not negate the previous two issues. 
I think the best tweet that I saw about it was like somebody saying, you know, how all of these things that happen with regards to like gun violence and hatred and stuff like that is always like people label it as being un-American when that is exactly what America is. So, you know, people just need to start telling the truth. Um, It's just another tragedy. And obviously everyone's tired and and we don't want to hear about this anymore, you know, so I don't know. Well, it's hard to find a segue from that, so I'm just going to say <laughs> uh, we're going to put a button on that topic for now, and we're going to move into the um, body of our show, which is the three shows we're going to be discussing, Batwoman, um, Black Lightning, and The Flash. We'll talk about our joys and no joys and any feedback that we've gotten um, predictions and will crown a lady assumption of the week. So Tati is going to guide us on this river of DCTV TV. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am I am your tour guide for the week. Yes. Starting with uh, side A, dirty little secrets slash gene expression or. The Dirty Little Secrets of Gene Expression, perhaps. I wanted to make just one title. Um, Batwoman, the episode is called It's Best You Stop Digging. Directed by Avi Yuabian and written by Jerry Shandy. I'm sorry if I got anyone's names wrong. Despite the kryptonite entering her brain and causing hallucinations, Ryan continues her pursuit of Alice over the objections of Mary and Luke. She takes the Batmobile to visit Angelique as Batwoman in order to get a lead on Ocean, but instead, she gets pushed off the balcony. Alice captures Tatiana, who tells her how Sophia punished her and Ocean by having her hypnotist Enigma remove not only their memories of one another, but Alice's emerging conscience, (laughs) leaving only the psychopathic side of her personality. The Crows assault Hamilton Lab, but find that Sophia's forces have killed Rogers and all his people, apparently destroyed the map, and left the message, title drop. That woman follows Angelique's lead to the, to the growth room, grow room, growth room, grow room, where the drugs are, of Ocean, who is leaving both Gotham and Alice. That woman finds Alice there and reveals herself as Ryan, but Alice is like, I don't know you, and I don't know your mom, and it's so not my bad. fault. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, that woman eventually gets the upper hand, but then she sees the angelic hallucination of Cora, her mother, who is like, I did not bring you up to kill people. And then I did not raise like, you like this. Exactly. <laughs> and then Ryan is like, I am too good to kill you, and you are too relevant to this plot, so you can go. She later <laughs> reveals to Luke and Mary that she planted a tracker on Alice so they can follow along as Tatiana takes her to Coriana. Woo! What brought joy to you guys this episode? May May. Ooh, um, I did like the fact that we finally picked up, not that we left it behind or anything like that, but with the regards to the kryptonite and the advancing pain it was causing Ryan and like the, how I think it was like the beginning it was very tense and Mary's like, oh my God, I think it's entered her brain. I was like, oh no, what is this going to do to a human being? <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't take that long to find out. Um, and I really, I didn't like seeing Ryan in pain, but I did like the moments that we got with her mom because before we didn't really get <laughs> we didn't get too much with her because either they haven't really the only thing they did a flashback to is to her being killed which you know was traumatizing so now we get sort of get to know their relationship and it was super cute up until you know it gets a little dark 
But that was really nice to see because, and I want to see more of that in the future. So this was kind of like a nice way to get that because it's happening inside of um, Ryan's mind. And I like the fact that, you know, Mary and Luke were rallying around her, especially Mary, you know, in terms of like, you can't go anywhere, you need to rest. And, and Ryan being very stubborn and still thinking that despite, you know, her ailment, that she still has to go out and be Batwoman. Like somebody has to figure out what's, uh, or find a map, I guess, to Coriana and stuff like that. So all of that stuff was good. And I feel like we're finally moving away from Coriana just being about finding Kate. Cause I don't, I think they mentioned her like maybe once this episode. So it, was it wasn't so too much. Refreshing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> bring it down. Bring it down. Yeah. So that we won't be crushed when the reveal turns out Kate's not there. <laughs> Um, so that was really good and it kind of pivots it back to Ryan needing Koryana because she's a desert rose to heal. So all of that was, was good and, and, uh, made me feel a lot of joy and especially like, uh, Mary and Luke, like we haven't really gotten much of their relationship this season or too much of it. And then they're just sitting there bickering and the whole thing about the Batmobile was super cute. <laughs> Like Mary just wanting to ride the the car. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. blame her. <laughs> so all of that was it really great. Me, that gif of um, that guy and Diddy just kind of like staring at each other. Like who is going to break first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, and just in general, I think the episode was a lot better paced. There were, you know, occasional blips and slow moments and stuff like that, but it was a lot more engaging this, as a story. Like, you sort of did want to see where it goes, and especially with the Ryan storyline, there was, like, a lot of tension. And, you know, we know that she's not going to die, but I like the fact that even though we know that she's not actually going to die from the kryptonite, there are stakes involved uh, with her being infected by it. So all of that was really, really good. And even I like the not some of the parts of like Alice's story, but like at least getting the backstory of the desert rose itself and like how Coriana sort of came to be based on like the Smith, um, that stems from, um, what's her face? Sophia's family. So that was really good. Yeah. It was very the mascara ish. I can't remember like the yeah, whole story or what she said, but like for some reason, like it, the, like the island was like yeah, all the like, women. It was like husband. women by my women. Yeah. 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 yeah it was women by women. And then like yeah. men tried to like come in and invade and they're like, fuck that and killed them all. And then the blood from their conquest like made the desert rose bloom. Only women can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really interesting, actually. So <laughs> <laughs> the blood of my enemies shall nourish me. Yeah. Um, I like that this episode, again, like in the urgency to get to Coriana, we're focused on Ryan this time and not Kate. I feel like that was really what made me invested. Like, I feel more invested in rushing to get to the island before Ryan dies of poisoning than I do trying to find a woman that I know is no longer on the show. <laughs> so all of that was like good tension. I really felt, you know, running out of time. You know, so I, I felt that because clearly like Ryan is like out of her mind. <laughs> Um, Luke and Mary, I agree. They got a lot, like, in previous episodes, it was, like, not so fun bickering because Luke was being, you know, stick up his ass. But this was a little bit, um, more of the comedic bickering that I think that we like to see in kind of, you know, their dynamic a little bit in, in late season one when they started interacting more. Um, so this is cool. And the Batmobile was definitely very funny. Um, and even when they got back and 
she was like, you need to go do like run an errand to get like some medical supplies. He's like, why do I have to go? She's like, who is a doctor in here? (laughs) (laughs) So that was, that was very funny. I I don't know. In all their bickering, they just forgot to like tether their uncooperative patient to the bed because every time they're around. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Um, Oh, and I also like just the fact that Luke and Mary went and they went to go get Ryan. They're like swooping in like a bat recovery team. <laughs> like there's a helicopter like few there, Sobner, just like running in to get her um before she gets like picked up by the crows. Um so that was just kind of like, you know, physically funny and then their bickering was funny. Um I also liked the reveal that Alice is basically coming to terms with forgiveness. And, you know, Ocean was like, you know, basically, like, why are you holding on to this grudge? Um, it's, and he was basically like common sense. He's like, you know, they've, you've been gone for years and maybe it would be, you know, normal that people eventually have to like move on. Doesn't mean that they don't love you, Alice. And she's like, you know what? You're right. And so I was like, yeah. you know what? Let's not do that. He made, her, he made that story that she's telling about, like, Kate not feeling her on the other side. Exactly. Sort of she was us. Yes. <laughs> he was like, how would she know? <laughs> so he was like the voice of the audience in that moment, which is really great. And, and and it now makes it. I feel like Alice, pieces of Alice make more sense now because, you know, there's this huge gaps in season one where you're like, how do you go from this to this? And right. this is kind of where we get the final piece of how she went from that to that. And it's basically, you know, she was c- coming around. And then Sophia is basically responsible for rescripting her whole entire personality, um, which is a very interesting, like, little twist. And, you know, it it does I feel like it absolves Alice on the one hand a lot of responsibility of being right. a psychopath because, like, she made me this way. But, you know, we'll talk about that. But it also sets up the long game because we know that they're not going to get rid of Rachel Scarson anytime soon. So now, you know, that she knows that she was made to be like that and she doesn't have to continue to be like that, it sets her up for more of an anti-hero role than a villain role in the show, which I think is the path that they need to pull her down um, in order to, you know, keep the show fresh and not so stale. Um I don't really want to talk about Jacob. Uh, <laughs> it's not is like ever in our likes section. <laughs> he was like one time when he when he let Ryan do her thing. But I did like in that storyline that there was a conversation between him and Sophie about, you know, where he's like hating on Catherine Hamilton and all these little dirty little secrets Catherine's got. Like he doesn't have skeletons in his closet. But um, Sophie sticks up for Mary in the clinic. She's like, you know. Mary was doing a lot of good mm. things with the clinic. You can't just shut it down. You know, you don't know what all this means. So I like that, you know, that was someone brought up to him that that was a shitty decision. That was not Mary because, you know, seeing it from like an, another person's like perspective on it. So good for Sophie for sticking up for Mary. Uh, I agree. I had forgotten to write that in my likes, but uh, I did like that a lot, especially like Jacob feeling betrayed when he realized that Sophie knew about it already and was on Mary's side. He's like, Oh my daughter's lying. Oh my daughter's (laughs) doing lies. And, um, um, and yeah, I did like that. It, it did kind of feel like Sophie was also like looking for the map so that she could help Ryan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
exactly. not just on, um, you know, for crow business. So that was cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely it's good to hear Mary's perspective from outside of Mary. Uh, I also like that we officially, you know, tied Ryan's kryptonite ailment to the need to go to the desert, to go to Koryana and get the desert rose so that Ryan has her own level of urgency about it. It's not about like, well, I guess I should find Kate. Oh, yeah, Mary! Find the person that everybody thinks is better than me. Yeah, Yay, exactly. let's do that. But <laughs> so now we have, and now we have an, a more urgent reason to for Mary and Luke to be finding it again, not just Kate. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, also, like we already mentioned, I love how worried Mary and Luke were about about Ryan, how they were bickering, um, and also I even liked the concept that her mother, who is the re- like that's the revenge she's after, right? Revenge for her mother. Also, thinking about her mother is what stops her from killing Alice because. When you take revenge for someone else, right, or you should be thinking about what they would want from mm-hmm. the first place. Otherwise, you're not, it's not revenge for them. It's just revenge for yourself. So, so that concept is good. I like that. Also, smart of her to put the tracker on Alice. So that now we have a way to Koryana. That's probably the easiest way to, to, <laughs> to do it. Great. Right? She's going. <laughs> so great. Um, also in the Tatiana versus Alice scenes, which there were too many of. And took too long, but it was it was cool to see Alice like like watching her keep her cool while Tatiana was trying to provoke her, and then and then Tatiana being like, does that does that get you? You know, like mm, how do you feel about this? Ugh, still nothing. Okay, let's try this again. Um, <laughs> so that was interesting, and also I like this too, like that we're continuing to see who Alice could have become if she had stayed a little bit more Beth, right? So if Sophia hadn't come into her life, or if Sophia hadn't interfered with Ocean coming into her life, then we could have a very different. Alice Beth at this time and it even seemed like you know like yeah he was dissuading her from like mm, revenge against my family to just like neutrality but it could have even been like oh hey go find your family maybe you know because mm-hmm. he did he was like yeah, they obviously love you and you know they love you so like what is the issue um <laughs> I'm sorry she could not psychically realize that you're on the other side of the door <laughs> but <laughs> anyway um and so then if you know Ocean almost did it once and if Sophia hadn't done it maybe there is still a possibility of bringing Alice back to Beth or Alice back to neutral uh, in the future so we can keep her around as not just an antagonist. Uh, and also, yeah, like I said, it sets up Sophia as a bigger bad, a larger threat than Alice, and also, once again, gives her a reason to pursue Sophia to go to Koryana that is outside of Kate. And we love that. And finally, Hamilton Dynamics, being after Desert Rose for themselves, also adds urgency to the story on a larger scale, because if they get it, it can be very bad for the world. Could also be very good for the world, but maybe it would come at a cost of very bad things, right? <laughs> so there will um, probably be like a um, a pharmaceutical company and just drive up the cost of cures yeah. like thousand yeah. percent. It's like yeah, okay, there's a cure, but <laughs> everyone <laughs> you go into poverty if you try to get it. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, or you go to the poorhouse, whatever. So yeah, all that is interesting and good. What did not bring joy, Jacob? <laughs> I just think that he is a hypocrite for sort of wanting to like sticking to the idea that him shutting down Mary's clinic is the right thing to do, considering like all the illegal shit that we know he does and all Um, the shit talking he was doing about Catherine. Exactly. And, and, and Anon brought up a good point that last season he did help Kay bury a body. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I don't know what Mary is doing wrong because she's, doing nothing wrong in my eyes she's trying to help people and he should kind of be proud that she took it upon herself to do uh things for the community that he is clearly not doing because he is not helping anyone um 
So that was really frustrating. And also just lack of Sophie. Like, I think she was maybe like two scenes or so. I don't know. Um, I'm glad that she's like helping. Someone had to babysit Jacob in his seat. <laughs> I suppose. But, you know, it was just aggravating because it's like it would be fun for her to also sort of join the bat team to go to Koryana because she's already been there. Um, even though she just stayed on the beach. So it's just they have a discuss like Mary was like, maybe I should tell my dad. I feel like she's going to tell her dad. And then Sophie will still get to go to Koryana. Oh, yeah. I'm down with or that. She'll, or she'll I tell do. Sophie and not her dad. And Sophie will go to Koryana. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I hope they do that because for now it does not spark joy. Um, and also <laughs> Alice and Ocean. I like Alice and Ocean. I but think I they like have, it. yeah, I think they have great chemistry. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was nice to see some, like the, the idea, I guess, that like Alice or at least when she was still Beth really even though she was super angry she still was able to let someone into her heart um even though I feel like the show trying to do the whole love will save you from everything that you're trying to do or whatever doesn't really feel right with Alice in particular because she is a villain and while I'm sure that they will go down maybe the redemption route, or like you said, Jess, you know, maybe they'll be, make her an anti-hero, whatever. It just, it's weird. And like you said, it doesn't take, it takes away her agency, specifically Sophia altering their memories and then sending her down the rabbit hole, as it were. <laughs> um, so it does kind of take away from Alice doing these things because, you know, Alice wanted to do these things and sort of makes it more of a revenge plot for Sophia for betraying her just because, like, they turn it into, like, a weird Cause, cause, love triangle that became, like, a love square. very, like, yeah, and childish. Yeah, and it's also, like, we don't really know, like, was Alice on the island for weeks, for months? Mm-hmm. Then they put in Tatiana's unrequited feelings, and I'm just like, I don't really know there's how I feel about all of this. There's too many yeah, there's kids, too many cooks people. in the kitchen. I was like, Koreana <laughs> must have a larger population than this right. guy. Please go home with somebody else. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's it was just really odd, and I think like it, it wasn't a terrible story. It just for me like it took a long time to get there, and the narration was a little stilted because it was like, oh, Tatiana's just going to be giving you all of this information all of a sudden. I'm like, this is I an will. odd you thing to do. Tati, you are very chatty. <laughs> I, <laughs> I knew so much backstory. <laughs> yeah, so that was just kind of the, my biggest thing in the episode. It was just all too much Alice information all at once. Even though before we were like practically getting nothing, and now it's just, I don't know, I don't like where it went, I guess. Yeah, it was very exposition heavy. Um, and they tried to use Tati to get to the flashbacks. I'm just going to call it Tati. <laughs> Every time it's Tati. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, you know, why, like, there's no real reason, like, why she would, she's chained up to a thing. Like, I, why would she be, like, this chatty about, everything like she's ready to spill the tea and she's spilling like the whole gallon it's just like weird um and then i also feel like the story was like really clunky like sophia's reasoning for wiping both their memories was childish and it made her seem childish it made her seem like not all together as a villain like i could see one thing if alice and ocean were plotting strategically to usurp her or to um 
still the desert road. Like if if Ocean is the man that finally achieves <laughs> what all the other invaders try to do and take the desert road for himself, then I would feel like you know she is justified in in this. But just because she had a crush on Alice and Alice didn't like her back, just seems like really stupid. Um, a stupid reason to turn Alice into a psychopath. And then again, like I said, and like you said, May, and then you have to wonder or, you know, the question will be brought up. So did all the bad things Alice do, is that Sophia's fault and not Alice's fault? And so I'm just supposed to forgive Alice because it was actually Sophia that was the one that killed my mom because she made Alice's way. And it's just like, you know, um, so that, yeah, that's, that's that. And I feel like just Alice and Ocean, um, as a couple, there's never been a couple with so much chemistry that I cared so little about. <laughs> I mean, they they look great, and I can't really say anything about, you know, Rachel and, and the actor that plays Ocean, because I think they have good chemistry. I just don't care. <laughs> Stop it. Um, well, at least that's proof that chemistry isn't everything. Yeah. True. That's very true. Oh, I want to add too that I just like that Angelique moved on so fast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just, oh yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's she's talk just, about she's it. She's just doing Angelique. I feel like technically they weren't you know, she gets off the hook a little bit because they were not like fully back together, back together. Like I don't think they had like a, a discussion about it. But still, like damn. Like this girl's oh. wearing the panda PJ. Like <laughs> Hey, it was like too close. Incredible. I'm like, this is just too this it's, it's very relationshipy, not like one night yeah. stand type thing. So oh, I don't know. I heard walk <laughs> walking around in in Ryan's PJ pajamas and then, you know, again, like Angelique doesn't know that this is Ryan, so she's like all snaps and sass and whatever but just like pushing ryan off the balcony that's cold i know that was having a no good very bad day and that was just like okay <laughs> that was not great at all <laughs> um you know oh and speaking of ryan's not great day i feel like i just don't maybe i need like research or something like i don't understand how kryptonian supposed like kryptonite is supposed to work in like regular people like i know it's poisonous to like kryptonians but um it feels like the it feels more like a fear toxin like you remember in season one when um alice was like hallucinating kate and jacob in the basement brian's hallucinations remind me of that and so i'm just like is that what kryptonite does to people like i feel like we should call Lena. True, because I, you know I thought about this because usually with Kryptonians they also hallucinate. So I was like, I guess it's the same because at least on Smallville it was you know each piece of Kryptonite gave somebody different powers or something. But they haven't. I don't think they've established at least in the Arrowverse what it's supposed to do to people. Not, not which is why, and I don't know if they they started the Kryptonite storyline because they assumed that they would be doing the crossover, and that's why they made this suit piercing bullet kryptonite but then obviously COVID hit and so now they can't do it so now I feel like they're taking the entire kryptonite storyline away from the kryptonians which doesn't really make sense why you know kryptonite and kryptonians have like a history you know at least one because you know Kara possibly they also met Clark or know of Clark and I don't know because I don't I don't know that 
I don't remember who came to Batwoman during the crossover, but I feel like they should have at least included in the dialogue some discussion about not being able to reach Kara or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because Kate was also visiting her at the beginning of the season. Right. So, so why hmm. would you not call Kara or call Lena or call somebody that has some experience with kryptonite to figure out what the fuck it could do and how dangerous it is? And if, you know, there's no time to go to whatever not metropolis but um, national city if there's no time to go there then yeah we can try and figure out a way to fly to coriana or whatever like there's no time to research what it's doing to her body or something like that but they just didn't kind of do that (laughs) and so i don't know um i feel like that's like a a dropped thread that should have at least been tied up as a reason to why we can't do this other than it just makes the shows feel less connected yeah um, I also think that Ryan, she didn't, she didn't have like any plan. Like, and, and I guess it's partly because, you know, she's never had someone outside of her foster mom that's really taken care of her. So she's not, she's used to doing it, everything on her own. I just feel like, you know, she doesn't really have any kind of plans and right. she's not really co-op. She's, the urgency for her to she when she went to Angelique she was not going I feel like she was not going for Ocean so and she just kind of like made up an excuse to find Ocean on the spot when she saw that other girl um in the same when she went after Alice she had no plan you are hallucinating you know that you're not at your best there's no planning going into this why did she think she was going to get Alice and the fight was kind of anticlimactic like there wasn't a lot of you know tension or a lot of you know who's going to win this fight um ryan's motive she seems a little ridiculous obviously that's kryptonite related but she still seems kind of ridiculous and then after all that she lets her go because it's not worth it like okay (laughs) we wasted all this time for it to not be worth it sure and then they kind of like saved at the end with the boot tracking thing but i feel like could that not have just been the plot (laughs) of Right. <laughs> tricking her to get the get the thing in the boot. If that's what Brian had been planning all along, then I would be like, yeah, that was smart planning, right? Even though she's like, you know, off the fact that she's on kryptonite poisoning and had made it go a little haywire, but that was her plan all along. But it clearly wasn't. So she just seems like she's not all together for a long time. And then they kind of like tied off in the end, like, but she was. I'm like, no, she wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> the part. Um, yeah, I, uh, agree with all of this. I don't, <laughs> um, I feel like Jessica gave a very in-depth discussion of the things <laughs> she did not like. Um, but I guess I will add or reiterate, uh, the whole concept of just like, you know, love being the weakness is incredible. It's just annoying. Like, it's like the reverse of the flash this week, the power of love is like the disempowerment of love. Um, so, you know, like being what like makes you let your guard down, makes you being what makes you want to get revenge. Like look, Sophia is like the leader of this whole Island with like whole dynasty of whatever powerful Themyscira ladies. And then she's like, mm, Alice doesn't like me. I'm going to go berserk. And also I'm about to lose my flower because, <laughs> because of Alice notion. 
my special flower. And then Tatiana is like, oh, I'm in love with Sophia, and Sophia's in love with Alice, and I have feelings about this. And I was like, this is very high school. This just seems like very, like, um, Riverdale love drama that was not necessary to power the storyline. Especially because from the start, like, like was the first moment we were like, oh, I guess the fly is in love with Alice, and that's the whole reason behind this. And wow, that was the case. So <laughs> go us, I guess. Um, and also, like, while I totally understand Ryan wanting to kill Alice because of her mom, and I do think that Alice is responsible for what happened to her mom, of course, because Alice is the one that created the Wonderland gang, and also Alice feels no remorse and sucks balls. But it's also just kind of like it's just sad, and not like sad and like I'm crying now kind of way. It's just sad seeing Ryan trying to get Alice to admit to something that she literally does not but care about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, if Alice had personally killed her because of some really petty reason, like she needed the house, whatever, bang, you're dead, I don't care. And then Alice had to admit that. Um, and the fact that she didn't care, even though she had done it, is like the big, you know, that's what makes me so mad. Then that would make me feel something. Other than like, well, yes, one of my people did it, but I don't care. It's just Mm-hmm. And also, if we hadn't known that previously, I feel like if up to this point we had thought Alice had done it, and then we find out now that that's not the case, this would have had more impact. But since it was like many moons ago that we learned that Alice had not done it, it's just like, yes, we're still here. It was we're... the squatters. <laughs> exactly. We're still having feelings about this. Okay, I understand. Um, so, so yeah, I feel like it could have had more weight as a scene. Um, and, um, and yeah, so... Uh, you know, I, I totally understand Ryan, and also she's going through, like, <laughs> mental deterioration at this moment because her brain is being eaten by kryptonite. So, it's not it's her like, fault. But simultaneously going fast and slow at the same time, because the kryptonite is, like, super, like, quickly deteriorating her brain, yet she has enough mental capacity to, like, get up and leave and, and still, like, fight and do all this stuff. Right. I really hope the plane trip is not going to take that long to court on <laughs> for her. <laughs> yes definitely um yeah i guess it's also like the way that the the episode started it made me feel like we literally have to do it now she's gonna die now now yeah then she had a whole lot of running around (laughs) you know so it didn't feel as urgent as it should have (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but uh so yeah i don't know i don't know how to feel about that but (laughs) it was a little bit like the pacing was a little bit weird because of that Mm -hmm. i think do I have other thoughts? Let's find out. Uh, yeah, Jacob, I'm, he sucks balls. And I wish that Sophie had something to do other than just be there with him and be like, hey, Jacob, this is what I think. And Jacob being like, I don't really care. <laughs> anyway, back to my boring storyline that nobody cares about. Um, he's so behind the ball. Like, he's behind the race and everything. Right. Yes, he is. Yes. Yes, he is. Um, and then... I also, like, while I do like that um, Alice was created by Sophia, and that definitely creates another reason for her to go after Sophia, I think that's really interesting. However, I don't like, like you already mentioned, okay, it, it lets her, not just does it let her off the hook for being a psychopath and absolving her for crimes, it's also like she doesn't have, she didn't, make the choice to do that right mm-hmm. it's like okay your life is made up of choices and it's based on your experience and instead it's like no you went from being cap held captive by face man to then you know being abused by red queen woman and then you were held captive on Coriana, <laughs> and now you have been brainwashed by Zephyr. So i'm like what is alice's life what does alice do um so that i think is a little bit um sad 
so hopefully, I don't know, maybe maybe the end result will be Alice is free of all her chains, and then she's like, this is what I will do as myself, <laughs> my choice. And then that will just be interesting, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Do we have uh, feedback that we'd like to discuss? We have uh, quite a bit of feedback. Mm-hmm. We have Shang returned um, from beyond. Welcome back, Welcome Shang. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, he's, he's so happy to have you. We miss you. He says, the Ryan stuff kind of bored me, not going to lie. They should call up Lena Luther or, well, at least Kara. I feel like this makes them stupid that they did not even try to call them and maybe get a deadline or something which would explain why they needed the rose even more now. I did enjoy the Alice stuff, though, which definitely pulled me through the episode. Okay, more like I really just love Rachel Scarson. True. Um, I feel like it's kind of unrealistic that Tatiana got knocked out by Alice that fast. I thought she was the best fighter from the island. Shouldn't she have some sixth sense to block Alice's arm, even though the attack came from behind? Would have been more interesting if there was a fight or Alice tricked her into being cuffed. And then he's like, I called it. I called it. The love triangle. Hello. Also, Alice, <laughs> please go with the hot, sexy woman. Come on, make good choices. <laughs> but alas, it is uh, it's a love square. He's like, we really get love drama between antagonistic side, and I'm all here for it. Um, and then finally, I knew Ryan didn't kill off Alice for a reason. Can we finally get to the island now? Thank you, Shane. Marie says, not the last child. He said, this episode was so much. Not sure if it was the editing, but it felt a little scattered, like the flashbacks we got of Ryan and her mother. Very sweet. But the flashback during the fight with Alice was meh. That's really all it took to stop her. I know they're not killing Alice, but after spinning all these episodes with Ryan wanting revenge, I wish they'd at least let them fight longer. It was really underwhelming. Mary was hilarious and perfectly styled as usual, and the scene with Luke in the Battle Bill was hilarious. Also, Ryan was down bad this entire episode, especially over Angelique. Not only did Angelique move on fast as hell, but to throw her off the ledge, she didn't know it was Ryan, but that was a lot, so yes, she can go. I'm over whatever they had. (laughs) Um, and then finally, uh, Alice and Tatiana's scenes were drawn out, but interesting. I'm just glad we're finally getting to go to Coriana. I want the answers for this Kate plot to be wrapped up. It's time. Um, and then we had feedback from Sonia. Sonia says, um, well, she's a new Patreon member, so yay, Sonia. Yay! Thank you, Sonia! Um, her Patreon questions. Uh, one of them is, do we take requests because she wants a Falcon and Winter Soldier, which we are doing. We will be definitely be doing that for you. Yeah. And she also wants Agents of Shield, um, which I have not. <laughs> We've talked about my struggles to get into <laughs> season one, but we can do something where like you should do uh, like Supergirl, just Tati and Tati and may explain ALS to me. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah, or season one, like after episode fifteen, is when I started getting into it because everything else was That's before too many that was episodes. slow. No. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on it. So I'm gonna get back to you. Um, that one feedback. I thought this episode was very well done, and I really like the use of flashbacks with Alice's story as well as the use of hallucination with Ryan's. Uh, really brought the story to characterization home for both women. Love the flashbacks to Coriana and seeing the story of how the Desert Rose came to be. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the mascara from Wonder Woman mixed in with that flower from Tangled. Um, surprise. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> surprise that Beth was hiding away on Catherine's yacht and drinking her champagne and whatnot because you're telling me that somehow Jacob and Kate never heard about this. Also, why the heck does Sophia hate Catherine as much as Beth does? Like, did I miss something? I assume it has to do with Catherine trying to get the Desert Rose and sell it. I feel like that, yeah, that probably ties in if it wasn't explicitly said. Um, 
the kryptonite going into the brain seems so well done, but I really don't like how they are acting like the Desert Rose is the only thing that can help save Ryan when you have Carr and Clark literally right there to call and ask about it. Um, of course, I'm skipping around, but all of this will be on on Tumblr. Um, speaking of, let's see, Mary and Luke love the scene where Mary somehow cons Luke into letting her ride the Batmobile. It was so smooth that she was all, oh, my God, Luke, but I've never driven your car before. So let me drive the Batmobile, which coincidentally I've never also driven before. But never mind that. Just give me the keys. Um, let's see. Can't believe that Angelique pushed Batwoman out the window of her apartment. Like, it just seems way out of character to me that Angelique was never painted as a murderer or evil or anything like that. So I don't know why they had they had her do that. Um, left House Sophie stood up for Mary. And the scene where we find out exactly why Alice is so unhinged and thinks she's part of Alice in Wonderland books and whatnot was so legit, so crazy. And I really liked the way that they painted that scene because ever since I watched, started watching the show, I was like, Jesus, this girl's legit insane. What is wrong with her? And to actually see how that happened was great. I also loved how Alice brought up seeing her mom's severed head because nothing is scary after that. Let's be real here. Um... So that is... That was great. I mean, yeah. horrible, but it was a great moment. <laughs> yeah. She's like, come on, Tati, try harder. Um, and then finally, <laughs> Suarez feedback. I was so confused during this episode of Batwoman. I know there are limitations because of COVID, but honestly, they should have just come... And... Everyone has the same feedback. They should have talked to Supergirl. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> and you are correct. Yeah, again, yeah. just a Zoom call. What's gonna? What's it going to hurt? <laughs> like Jefferson did with Barry, they didn't even have him show up on screen. Yeah. <laughs> same thing. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. The show's connected this universe overall, um, and shows how quote unquote connected this universe has been overall. I really don't care about Alice and her background with Ocean, where apparently they had a love so strong that Savia's punishment was to strip them of their memories. Okay, I liked that Al, uh, Ryan got a tracker in Alice, and for her to confront her need for revenge versus her need for justice. But the rest of the episode was just meh for me. Absolutely do not care about Jake Kane. So thank you everybody for your feedback. That was all. Uh, and we also do not care about Jacob Kane, so we are right there with you. <laughs> Anyone got any predictions? Well, like Enigma was like a huge name drop for me. And in the comics, there is an Enigma who is known as the Riddler's daughter. daughter. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this could mean we're getting a version of her on the show, which is great because it's never the way to have like a major Batman villain like the Riddler on right. the show without right. actually having that Batman villain. He's like, actually, right. it's his daughter. I like <laughs> it. Yeah, that actually would be really cool. So, so I, like I like how, that idea a lot. What was, what was her face? Um, the niece of Harvey Dent last season? Mm-hmm. Right, right. I like that, yeah. Yeah, I'd be down I, with that. I have no predictions except that I hope this Koyana storyline <laughs> I thought I had another resolved. one, but I forgot. So You hope it's resolved soon. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't have any either, but I do love that one. I was going to say, I knew that Nigma. I was like, okay, and Edward Nigma, okay, Riddler, mm-hmm. but I did not know that she was literally his daughter. So I would have said, that makes me think there's going to be a version of the Riddler, but your version makes more sense. So, good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now, and I, I, okay, we'll move on to the next Black one. Lightning. Black Lightning. Okay. <clears throat> The Book of Ruin, Chapter 2, Theseus's Ship, written by Mary Lou Belly and directed by Jake Waller. I like how it's called Theseus' Ship, and I was like, oh my god, Ship of Theseus, WandaVision! But WandaVision does not own the Ship of Theseus, <laughs> so that's fine. <laughs> Jennifer finds out she looks different, but Gamby's tests state that she still is Jennifer. 
Keen Lynn suspects that gene reconfiguration had a hand in this, but Jefferson has a hard time accepting it. Tobias promotes DEGs as the cool new fad and announces his campaign to become the new mayor of Freeland. Lynn works on Val Song to see if she has ALS and claims Jennifer, a.k.a. JJ, is her niece. Gamby and Laura find that plutonium would help in the improvement of the DEG's power source. While checking up on the protection money from her minions, Destiny is ambushed by Lala and some of his men. She summons the assassin Ishmael, call me Ishmael, to kill him and dump his body in a cement coffin. Black Lightning visits Detective Hassan Shakur, um, who got the bullet that killed Bayer Millie Black from evidence, and learns that a magnetic metahuman fired it from a far distance. Lynn informs Jefferson that Val has a metagene, and Jefferson wants her to use her meta boosters in investigation, regardless of her sobriety. Lynn is like, fuck you and leaves. <laughs> um, Jennifer learns Anissa and Grace got married, and she suggests a honeymoon for them. And Anissa actually takes her up on that offer, which is great. Not really an offer, suggestion. The Freeland Police Department has been issuing no-knock warrants in their hunt for Lala and other metahumans. A black woman is shot during the conflict. It was very much like Breonna Taylor. Black Lives Matter protests happened. Time turned backwards. Or I guess it was just imagination, whatever. And yeah. the attacking mm-hmm. police officers were subdued by Black Lightning. The police were fighting Black Lightning, and then Jennifer came in with her Gamby-modified suit to help her dad. I feel like it was just like a black... Oh, yeah. It was just like a Blackbird Yeah, it was like Blackbird suit, suit but Gamby was like, for your body type. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a tailor. And this father-daughter... I forgot fight, he's a tailor. <laughs> right? You would forget. Um, the he's father-daughter <laughs> reunion, fighting reunion, uh, helped Jefferson reach an understanding about her changes. And so they have a little rooftop, porch, whatever, conversation, balcony conversation. Uh, Tobias learns about the arrival of Lynn's niece, and he's like, hmm, many thoughts. Head full. <laughs> Destiny learns Ishmael needs to kill 100 metahumans to get into the League of Assassins, and he's mm-hmm. got six left. So she's like, well, I've got, like, five for you. How do you feel about that? Um, and, yeah, so there we go. That's that on that. What brought us joy? I'm actually surprised how easily the show flowed into China, uh, mm-hmm. from China mm-hmm. to Laura's Jin. I think they provided one of the best on-screen explanations for a recasting. Uh, the whole gene expression explanation was great. Um, basically, Jennifer is her own twin, which is kind of cool. Um, and I also love the, the supportive members of the family. I love that Gandhi was like just right off the bat, unconditional support. You know, this is your daughter. This is Jen. And I love that Grace, um, because she has this unique thought perspective or a point of view, being a shapeshifter, um, understands what it's like to feel, uh, to wake up and look like something else and how she was able to relate to Jen on that level to kind of help Jen feel comfortable about a very uncomfortable situation for her. Um, I loved, of course, like Lynn was also like, we need to huddle around Jen and make her feel comfortable. And, uh, you know, TC, of course, was also uh, very supportive. And those were all the people that matter <laughs> because Jefferson was being nasty. Um, <laughs> uh, I love <laughs> the scene later on in the episode of Anissa and Jen just hanging out, you know. And, again, these are, like, little things um, – in the script, like Laura's like facial expressions are are um, the way that she acts out certain things, like calling you know Anissa Harriet. It's like, oh yeah, Jen used to call Anissa Harriet back in like season one. So those like little tiebacks kind of help the audience connect 
Jin, the character, to this new face. Um, I like that they were like, you know, talking about face off and just the vibe of that scene also was like a callback to season one where we, we got more of those sisterly bonding scenes between Innocent and Jen. And it was just like really nice to see them smiling, to see them laughing, because I feel like that's also something that hasn't been around in a while. I like that Anissa is just like affirming to Jen, like, Jen, you're so much taller now. You can be on a basketball team. Look at your beautiful chocolate skin and, and how, you know, all this gorgeous melanin's going on here and just like doing her best to like hype her sister up and make her sister feel good. Um, all of that was like really, really, um, beautiful to see, um, people like rallying around Jen and helping her get used to this new normal. Um, Nafisa and Laura have really good chemistry. I like that Laura has a lot of, she seems to have a lot of China's mannerisms and things down as Jen. So it really does feel like China playing Jen inside of another person's body. (laughs) So that's really, really good. Um, TC showing JJ all of the love that Lightning is getting via social media. Um, Excuse me, to kind of help boost her her confidence again. Um, Loved all of that. I like that Thunder Grace made it through an episode without arguing over super shit. Like they actually got to be cute in this episode and um plan their honeymoon um which will probably be off screen but <laughs> they got to well, have like, yeah. a cute scene you know <laughs> doing it with all like the little the little um costume changes and stuff so that was cute yes i agree with all of that i especially loved like you said about uh laura i think she did a great job uh, it was really like watching just a new gen with a new face um or an old gen with a new face because <laughs> that's really what she is and i think the actress like had down just everything body language the way that she talked everything and like the chemistry was still there with her family which was probably like the most important part too because you never want like a new person to come in and just have things feel really weird so i'm glad that did not happen here um and i just think she just she just came in and it was so seamless uh which is not something you say about a lot of recastings. So kudos to Black Lightning for that. Um, and I did love a lot of the like sisterly moments. The fact that we got to have those family moments between Jen and her and all the other members of her family. It was really nice and heartwarming because, like you said, we haven't had those in so long. So it felt really nice for them all to be so supportive and rallying around her and making sure that she was loved no matter like what she looked like. And the fact that the gene expression thing even came about was really good because it sort of allowed, um, Oh my God, Lynn to, <laughs> to sort of explain that. Cause she's like a scientist too. And I, I, I mm-hmm. once read somewhere and I don't know if this is a fact or not. Cause it was like one article, but apparently like anyone, you know, your genes can express in like 64 trillion types of different ways. So that's why no matter how many people are born, like everyone just looks different and is unique. So that was really interesting. And I thought about that uh, when I was watching this episode. So kudos for that explanation. Um, Thunder Grace was actually cute, like you said. It was just so nice to have them acting like a newlywed couple, being in love and wanting to like take a trip with each other and not having to be burdened by whatever's going on because it is a lot. But like Anissa was saying, you know, if she doesn't do it now, like there's always going to be an excuse to not go on a mm-hmm. honeymoon. So it was nice that they actually took the time for themselves because it is very much needed and to also explain to grace that when they come back she's going to tell the rest of her family about the fact that they got married which i like that she told jen um in that moment because i think that was important 
and especially since they're the closest, that mm-hmm. means a lot that she told her first. Um, Destiny getting one up on Lala. Like, I did not <laughs> expect that after last week just because she saw that he was a meta and maybe she'd have to go back to square one or whatever. But bringing in Ishmael was, like, brilliant. Um, and I don't know if Lala's going to come back at this point, but, like, it just... It reminded like, me of like, the old yeah, guard. Because, see, this wasn't in my this wasn't in my joys. I feel like you're talking, well, but yeah, like, yeah. But like the fact that it was just something that you're like, oh damn, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he he was like um, what's his face? Like the Star Wars Han Solo. Yeah, yeah I would like, say Han Solo in the Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, somebody will let him go. Probably. I hope. <laughs> um, even like Tobias is. I feel like the writers have been really methodical when it comes to Tobias this season. I like that. Like every episode, we're getting something new with his whole entrepreneurship, and now he's gonna. He's planning on running for mayor. That's like his next step towards like right. taking over Freeland. Um. So it's very like well thought out and smart. Um. Also. What else? What else? Just like just everybody being supportive of Jen. Like you said, you know, Grace, uh, Gamby, everyone was just. You know, it's hard to like see someone and, you know, in love and suddenly they have a different face, but they didn't even like blink after they got over the shock, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was really nice that they always did make her feel loved and not like she was just a stand in for the old Jen that they used to love Mm because they still love her on the inside, you know, so that was nice. Agreed, agreed. Um, I also really liked, I really like how Laura is doing as, um, as Jen. I thought she was really, really great, like Jessica already pointed out, at being, like, China being Jen. <laughs> so it really did feel seamless. And, you know, I wouldn't be mad at all if she happened to be the female lead of the Painkiller series that I don't understand how it's thinking fruition. Um, that would not make me upset at all. I also really loved getting to see Jennifer and Nissa like bonding, um, Anissa already hyping her sister up, like like uh, Jessica said, and also Jennifer hyping Anissa and Grace's relationship, and being like, "Hey, why don't you guys go on a honeymoon and start things off right? Because y'all are doing everything stupidly so far." Um, and uh, I liked I liked the idea of Anissa risking Grace away to a romantic honeymoon, and I was like on the edge of my seat, like I was like, "I know Grace is gonna say something, like something's gonna go wrong with this," right. but it did not. So I was like, "Ooh, thank God it did not." Um, also, I really love Jen coming to save Jefferson, both of them working in tandem, right? We can see them fight together and that being like, Jefferson, like, okay, you know what? This is Jen. I, you are right. You know, you are my daughter and I love you. Also, I love that montage of the girls, like shouting out lightning and being like, why she's so important to them as a hero and like mm-hmm. what she means to them. That was really nice. Um, I feel like I didn't write anything. I must have not liked this episode very much, but I did like, I feel like most of it was Jen, right? So, <laughs> and since she was great, I was really into the, that entire element of it. I, it's almost like, she did so well that I'm like, why are we canceling this? Why don't we just continue with this Jen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's wrong? I mean, not that I'm saying like they canceled it because they didn't have China, but, um, but I, I just want to see more of this Jen. I would think it would be a shame to just, you know, end, end in a couple episodes. But anyway, um, I did like the 100s versus the Cobra Cartel thing in this episode. That was in- actually interesting to see Lala face off against Ishmael. <laughs> and and when he was in that cement block, I'm like, wow, I just can't wait for him to revive his I way did, out I of the cement like block. Like I, yeah. I thought the Ishmael side of it was funny. And also, mm-hmm. I thought like the fact that instead of killing him, since he can't be killed, putting him in concrete so that whenever he yeah. does revive, he's to get killed again. Like, exactly. That's pretty over like, cold bloody. Yeah. yeah. They just that went like me. old guard on that. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Or that. But I, I was thinking misfits, but that's all right. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's misfit, he's very alive. And yeah. so he dies, but then he comes back, and then he dies. Yeah, you understand. Anyway, so, um, anyway, hopefully, hopefully he breaks out of that so that we can have some more fun with that. But for now, he seems pretty badass, right, Ishmael? So I'm like, oh, maybe he will actually put up a, um, a good fight for the Pierces. So that's interesting. All right. What did not bring joy? Wow. <laughs> Jefferson being, like, the worst TM. Like, I, I don't understand how he went from, like, Mr. Positivity, Jenna's alive, we can do this last week to being the last person to accept JJ this week. Um, and he just seems like really out of character. Like what happened to being the man and father that Jen deserves, Jeff? Like what, where, what happened to that speech? This was a perfect opportunity to show it and you didn't. Um, and I just feel like if anybody has the right to be upset about Jen, it's it, what the way Jen looks, it's her, it's her party. She can cry. She wants to, but her father like verifying, you know, all of her insecurities in that moment of not being accepted because she looks different um, is just kind of shitty. And I don't see why it had to take an entire episode for him to come around to that, why he hung on to that so hard. Um, that wasn't great. And then to add on top of that is how suddenly Jeff is okay with Lynn using meta boosters and no longer like throwing it in her face only because now he needs her to access this info to feel his revenge feud against Tobias. And it's like, it just shows how hypocritical he was being of throwing it in her face in the first place. Cause he doesn't care about that. Apparently he cared about Lynn throwing stuff in his face. He's like, I'm going to return fire and throw something in your face. And to be honest, like, I feel like the, like when we were talking about her new addiction or whatever, I was like, Oh my God, I don't know why I feel like this addiction is more interesting <laughs> but to me, to be honest, I low-key feel like they missed the mark on classifying meta boosters as an addiction. Um, cause I don't think it is. Like, Lynn is a scientist. Scientists, they experiment. That's what they do. Um, so if it was any other scientist, he's like, you know, I'm trying to figure out how this works, they would do that. It's not like it's a magical Adderall, like the green light drug was. The green light thing. There was no, like, scientific reason that she needed to take green light to do her job. It was just magical Adderall. And that, could be like, classified as an addiction, but I, I feel like now they're just like throwing, you know, terms around and calling different things like addictions. And um, I feel like this shouldn't have been made to feel like it was another one. Cause I don't think she's, a, she's not addicted to the powers right. at all. There's nothing that we've seen that said like she's addicted to having, if she was addicted to having powers and, and being a meta and um, you know, all this stuff, then that would be one thing, but she's not, she's using it scientifically. So I feel like, you know, and then you have like the whole addiction has been taken over the show and now Jen's addicted to Dionysphere and blah, 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 blah. So I just feel like, you know, they're a little bit missing the mark on how to frame that in a way that adds to the conversation um, outside of that one therapy session that she had, you know, with her family coming in um, a couple episodes ago. I feel like that was a really powerful moment, but I don't feel like it's connected to, you know, the, that meta boosters are connected to what she was going through that made her take green light and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I don't, I didn't like that for like two reasons. Um, Lala <laughs> in his feud of destiny. I feel like I was trying to get interested in Lala, like, you know, hoping he would kill a meta and then we'd see where it goes from here. But now this kind of like dropped back down <laughs> into like I don't care territory. Um, 
I don't know why we have Destiny when we could have Lady Eve. Lady Eve is alive. They just don't want to pay <laughs> big bucks to have Lady Eve. Um, so we get Destiny, which I don't know. Neither of them seem that smart to me. <laughs> and it's, I don't know. It just seems it, it's not really connecting back into, I feel like maybe this is the first time it's connecting back into the main plot now that we have Ishmael in, but it just seems like they're, you know, they weren't really going anywhere. Um, Lala being in concrete is funny, but I don't want him to stay there because he's, he's got metas to kill and powers for me to figure out. So, <laughs> um, yeah, the Brianna Taylor um, scene, I feel like it's a huge dislike to me. And, you know, some people are trying to say on Twitter, but it brings awareness. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. And it's a dislike because not only is it like triggering, like I, I can't imagine like, if someone's, if some of her family members, close friends, loved ones may have been fans of the show, trying to have a good time, and then boom, there is this depiction of their loved one being murdered on TV. Um, it feels gratuitous for, like, a gratuitous show of violence. It ultimately adds nothing to the larger conversation. Like, I don't think there was a, in memory of Breonna Taylor, there wasn't one for Elijah in the premiere when they did that. There's no call to action um, just a montage of like what could have happened. It's not like a, right. a, a an eye opener into things that are going on. I feel like I don't I don't think it's really adding awareness um, because we all know what happened. I feel like if you if you put this episode in a time capsule in twenty or thirty years later, there's no connection really to for people to draw that this was um, about one young woman's life and and you know this is what came out of that conversation or whatever. It, is, it doesn't really feel like it does any of that. So I don't agree that it adds awareness or that it's adding any kind of value other than being shocking violence that has a tie to real-life events that you could use in a show to make it edgy. Um, I don't really like that. I feel like just some shows need to leave the, the rip from the headline stories to Law & Order. <laughs> just leave, leave it alone. Um, but, yeah. I agree with that. I, I, I mean, at, at first I thought it was going somewhere because obviously, like they did the whole sequence and you see what's what happened in the aftermath, and so it was very reflective of real life. But then the fact that it's like, then they erased oh, it. but it didn't. Yeah, it didn't happen. And Black Lightning saved the day. I'm like, I don't know. And the, like, what this the was thing is, to say. <laughs> exactly. And the episodes aren't even about them. This yeah. episode was not a Breonna Taylor episode, start to finish. The premiere wasn't an Elijah. Is Elijah McCain, McLean, McLean. It wasn't Elijah episode start to finish. They literally just had a boy with a violin because this is something that will trigger you to remember Elijah from the the headlines in real life. And then they don't mention him at all. And you don't have any kind of, you know, so. (laughs) And it's an odd thing to do, too, since, I mean, this show tends to, in general, you know, take things from real life but make them but fictionalize them but not have them be exactly like you said ripped from the headlines type stuff so i don't think that this was needed because it did it didn't add anything to the actual plot itself it was just another oh my god i can't believe they're doing this and then have it not even be a real thing that actually happened on the show Mm -hmm. at all so i don't know it it could have just not Not. happened (laughs) yeah (laughs) so that was frustrating and then 
I agree with you about Jefferson. I think that he's just he's just all over the place this season. And, you know, it's fine that he's had time to grieve in the first few episodes, but it's been a year. It's already been five, six episodes now uh, into the season. And this season is only like 13 episodes or so. So it's like I don't understand why he's acting like this. Or it's like the writers, they want him to become Black Lightning and want him to be happy being Black Lightning to get back on the streets. I get that. But it's like the journey to get there and have him be, for lack of a better word, like stable with like his treatment of his family and like what it is that he wants to do um, is just messy at the moment. And I feel like he takes out a lot of that anger on Lynn when it's not warranted. Cause it's like every single episode they're arguing about something. And in this instance where she's like being supportive of Jen and, you know, just trying to be a good scientist too. I feel like that anger in this here is misplaced. Mm-hmm. So it was frustrating to see them fight over something that didn't need to like be argued over. Like he could have gone, I don't know, to the fighting ring and taking out his like frustration with the situation there, but it also isn't about him. <laughs> so he could have, well, been he can't little... go to the fighting ring cause he destroyed oh, that. That's true. He You're shut right. it down, <laughs> but he could have just, I don't know, vented or something else or like gone to therapy and made something up. And speaking of therapy, the Jen made a mention of like, Oh yeah, Perina reminded me of this. I was like, so where is Perina? <laughs> you could bring her back and she could be the therapist. <laughs> They don't want to pay her either. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> so I don't know. It was just, but yeah, back to Jeff. It's like, I don't know where his headspace is. And it's, it gets hard to defend him because he kind of continues to act out instead of like being an adult in some situations. Um, I did like thought, think that the Destiny Lala thing was, you know, cool to watch. And it was like their feud is interesting, but I don't think that it's, adding to like the overall plot and like how they're being seen by the community or what they have planned with the community against Tobias and all this other stuff um, they could be utilizing. It's just sort of like they're just fighting each other right now and being petty and Mm -hmm. they could be doing other things. (laughs) So, yeah. Oh, also, even though I understand why Gamby's doing this, I kind of felt uncomfortable that Gamby used such a, emotional thing to get to what is her name his current lauren? lover laura yeah laura lauren or lauren i, I think it's lauren is. yeah yeah so that was like oh yeah, that was a shitty that. move yeah <laughs> i don't even remember what it was like, you tricky he bastard he, he brought her he, the gobe chess board but he put yeah, like a, a camera in it oh okay 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 yeah yeah He's a you romantically I'm tricky just, bastard i know <laughs> <laughs> he did what he had to do like, okay listen <laughs> did what he had to do uh, okay um i i agree with about the brianna taylor storyline i mean like i feel like i understand what they were going for and if someone because i saw there were people who like you said like oh it brings awareness or like oh it felt like a you know a way to honor her or whatever so i can totally if you feel that way then i understand but i just thought that it could have been done i don't know like there was something about the way that they even had like the reactions happening like mm-hmm. to like when it didn't happen even the way that it was re- that that the people that it didn't happen to reacted felt almost like it was like, it's like almost a comedic scene. I don't know if it was just like the acting or like the music that was playing, but like just the whole, like it's this and now let's rewind. And then it didn't happen. Felt like it wasn't respectful, I guess. 
if it had just been like, you see that they're breaking in and then black lightning comes and saves the day. So you know that what could have happened because you already know. Right. right. If you are someone who is involved, who cares, um, who's watching black lightning, you probably already know. And if you didn't know about Brianna Taylor, this isn't going to tell you anything. So especially because they exactly. didn't actually do a whole episode about it. It was just like a little mm-hmm. montage and then back. So I think it would have been better if they had just shown him saving that couple without actually being like, oh, look, she could have died. Um, so, yeah, so I didn't like that. But I also um, did not like Jefferson being a little bitch. So uh, I really, yeah, he's the only one who can't accept that Jen is Jen. And we don't know why, because they did the test. Is it just because he's like a faith-based person? But he was the first person who was like, I believe the Jen is alive. So just dumb. Especially because she was so Jen. She was so good at being Jen. Mm-hmm. And then she, like, obviously had all the memories and stuff. Like, there's no reason for him to be like, mm, no, she's not Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Something is wrong. Like, and, and it's also, not like Tobias mm-hmm. did anything to the ionosphere to be like, oh, my God, something right. tricky is going on. Like, no. Right. If there had been something else involved that could have thrown doubt on it, then sure. But the way it was, it was just him, more of just Jefferson being annoying. And, yeah, well, definitely when he was like, oh, yeah, I don't care. Basically, when, Je- when Lynn was like, but what about my sobriety? And Jefferson was like, yeah, what about it? I was like, okay, Jefferson, <laughs> you're, you're an asshole. Even though I do agree with what you said about, um, you know, it doesn't really need to be an addiction. There's no reason to necessarily portray it that way. Mm-hmm. You are not wrong about that. <laughs> and yet, because they chose to do that, it makes Jefferson look so much worse that he is against it. Mm-hmm. Or not against it, but that he doesn't care about it. I just really, really feel like I don't understand Jefferson and Lynn's relationship anymore. <laughs> they don't seem like two people who deeply love each other. <laughs> so it's very sad to me because they once very much did. Um, yeah. They even like each other for that Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's like maybe they love each other, but they don't like each other. <laughs> okay, um, please uh, read the fid- feedback, and then we can discuss predictions if we have any. <laughs> I think we have feedback from Paulina and Swara. Yeah, Paulina says, "Tis I, Paulina, back from extended hiatus." <laughs> but I kept missing. She kept missing the deadline to send in feedback. Um, so this week is her first week giving feedback. Welcome back, Paulina. Um, Black Lightning. Miss China and McLean, you made it out in the nick of time, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Laura Karuki, you are beautiful and talented and deserve a better show than this. There's no way to slice this. You kills must be stopped. <laughs> it pains me, given how much I fell in love with the show in its first season, how deeply important it was to see a black superhero family at the center of a show. And particularly with regards to Nyssa, a black lesbian superhero, this is a representation that I'd never seen before, and it meant the world to me. So it hits too hard that the show has devolved into what it has this season. Fact is, this season has been messy, but what the show did in this episode is just way beyond the pale. There are way too many folks who have usurped Black Lives Matter Lives Matter movement to capitalize on sensationalizing black trauma and black pain for monetary and entertainment purposes. Tonight's Black Lightning was one of those most egregious examples. Recreating Breonna Taylor's murder, sensationalizing black trauma, and having little to no care for Breonna's family while compounding upon graphic visuals of how a black woman was murdered is just disgusting. They even used some archive real footage to recreate this, and I had to shut my television off. I was so mad. Wait, what? Yeah, I felt like some of the the um, clips in the montage were, like, like yeah. real oh, news. Like the protests and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Black Lightning, then Black Lightning apparently arrives to subdue the police officers, and I didn't watch that part, but I could not believe that nobody behind the scenes of the show stopped and said, how can we do this? This is such a horrifying and blatant capitalization on black trauma for the sake of sensationalization and entertainment. They took the horrific murder of Breonna Taylor, recreated it, and then said, what if this has happened in the world of superheroes? Taking the trauma and pain of a black woman and sensationalizing it in a fictional show is so horrifying. I cannot even fathom how anyone, let alone this, how anyone let this slide make it on screen. Um, which she, Paulina and I are on the same page with that. Um, moving on, she says, Thunder Grace had a cute, sexy scene in this episode. Anissa and that dress is fire. Honestly, we see so little of Thunder Grace and their relationship is largely behind, being held together by Nafisa and Chantal's wonderful chemistry and their deep commitment to Thunder Grace. Um, they're really able to sell Thunder Grace. Therefore, when it's clear, the showrunners and writers could care less. That's my OTP, and I want way, way more of them. I am praying the Painkiller spinoff treats these amazing superhero wives better. It won't. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that right now. Um, what can I say other than the show killed off Bill Henderson and then completely lost the plot and went off the rails? Also, PSA, make the Painkiller spinoff an outsider show. They won't do that either. Suara. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Paulina. Um... Suarez says, finally, we have a great episode of Black Lightning this season, minus one nitpick. Laura Karuki is absolutely fantastic in the role of Jen and Mass China's mannerisms so seamlessly while making the role her own. I loved her conversations with Anissa and finally get some great peer sister bonding scenes. This is what we wanted, writers. Just generally seeing the family coalesce again is what the show sorely needed. Again, it absolutely sucks that this is the final season when it deserves so much more, but I'm glad we're getting it now. Also love Lynn being there for Jen as she was going through this transition and just her overall story this episode. Again, Laura was wonderful in the role, and it really sucks that this has to be the last season we have of her. What I didn't like this episode was Jefferson not embracing Jen after she had just gone through this dramatic experience and straight up denied that that was his daughter. Like, what the fuck? I'm glad he came around by the end, but once again, we have a pointless drama, and we just don't need. So that was Farah. Thank you, Sarah. Um, do we have any predictions? Not really. <laughs> I, I'm just going to predict that, that he will Han Solo style break out of his cement block, Lala will. And I just feel like maybe he will protect the Pierces just to get back at Destiny and Ishmael. There you go. And that's a good one. You know, team up. Yeah. Um, all right. So I wonder just, if, I wonder mm-hmm. if, um, was Tobias, Tobias wasn't one of the pictures that Destiny gave Ishmael. But he could still, because he is a meta. Right, right. So that could happen, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now on to side B, Body Snatchers. <clears throat> the Flash episode was titled Mother, directed by David McWerther and written by Eric Wallace and Kristen Kim. Oh, I feel like Kristen Kim is <laughs> Yep, yep. <laughs> the responsible one. It makes sense. Yep. Eva begins replacing people with mirror or reflective surface duplicates. Sue Dearborn and Ralph Dibney return with evidence to exonerate Sue of Eva's crimes, but the latter becomes a melted blob after McCullough Technologies is destroyed. Um, Eva convinces Barry he cannot win, but then the sword of O.G. Harrison comes to him and reminds him that he is a paragon of love, not of speed. Barry, sparks with Iris, revives her power of love, and then that allows her to reactivate the speed force with the sexy speed force that's still inside of her. 
They then battle the Evas, mirror Evas, reflective surface Evas. Barry revives the original Speed Force. And then he and Iris together convince Eva to stand down and help build a better mirror world using their Care Bear stare. <laughs> Eva shows remorse, tries to stop her duplicates. They are too powerful. She joins forces, holds hands with Left Allen, and then they destroy all her little mirror clones. After freeing her prisoners, Eva leaves for the Mirrorverse to start anew. Claiming that he can now perceive all of his life at once and travel freely through time and space for reasons, Harrison decides to put himself in a time loop so he can peacefully live out his days with his wife, Tess Morgan, even though now Allegra would like him to be her daddy. <laughs> um, an exonerated Sue and a recuperating Ralph travel the world to stop other black hole-esque organizations off screen until they hopefully recast Ralph with Brett Deer. 18 hours earlier, when Barry and Iris <laughs> revived the Speed Force, <laughs> um, they unknowingly released Four differently colored lightning bolts. Red, yellow, green, and blue. Oh, I, I thought like there was green. Oh, I can see that. I can see that. Um, so please share your uh, joyful feelings. <laughs> West Allen Supremacy. <laughs> yes, this is the West Allen Show finally. What fanboys have been asking for for years. <laughs> I mean, every there's a lot of things that it... Did not spark joy in this episode, but West Allen was not one of them. They brought me immense joy, primarily because even though some of the things were, like, overly cheesy and over the top, I loved every second of it. <laughs> I think, it, you know, there were a lot of obvious parallels. We had the pilot, you know, just a reminder that sort of Iris has been physically and metaphorically tethered to Barry's powers since the very beginning. We have the spark sequence. We have the pilot hug um, parallel. We just, there's just so much, but I think it was really, they did it really well kind of balancing Barry as, or not balancing, this is the wrong word, but like making it so that the speed force is like dead and the speed force still resided in Iris, like, uh, you know, still there in her little jeans. And so she gave that to Barry again. Speed for love Iris. And then just kind of like rebirthed a new yeah. organic speed force because we don't want that That's artificial your shit. That's sex scene, people. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and that was just like, that shit was beautiful. <laughs> so I loved all of that. I loved that, you know, even like some of the lines, you know, Grant's like... Grant. Well, yes, he said it, but Barry's like, you know, our love is as strong as the lightning bolt that struck me seven years ago. I was like, yes, Barry, go forth and fetch your woman. (laughs) (laughs) So all of that was just amazing. And I think that, per usual, Grant Candace delivered with phenomenal chemistry. They made it work um, because I feel like with other actors, these lines that they give them would not come off the same way. And I love the fact that they say them with such sincerity that it makes you wholeheartedly just want to jump on their ship and then just ride into the sunset on the West Island ship and stay there. <laughs> so I appreciate that. And I just love like all, all of it. I could go on and on and on. Um, but you get the picture like West Island speed force connection. Love is the key. Specifically Iris's love is the key. And I love that the show really brought that full circle and made like everyone's dreams come true. I love that my theory was actually correct and that Iris had, was going to like resurrect her. The lightning rod concept was going to resurrect Barry's powers. And also the fact that she had mirror powers. So she was just doing it all in this episode. Um, even though, you know, she was in a coma for half of it. 
carrying this whole show on her back. Yeah. She she was the mother of all, and it was it was uh, really really great. Um, I even liked like the little uh, 121 parallel too. With you have they didn't do the whole scene, but they had like at least Allegra and Barry set up. Uh, Iris's bedside and tell her how important she was and how great she was and how their love will conquer all. Everyone was a West Allen stand this episode. Mm-hmm. So they were like the audience and it was it was great. I even liked the way that because I thought that they were going to go back into the Mirrorverse and bring back um, Camilla and Singh but that didn't happen. So I do like that the way that they did it um, by just having Ava realize that she can just let them go. <laughs> you, you like that? <laughs> like, I, no, I like that they're out. I'll get to the rest of that okay. later. Because <laughs> I have thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did, you know, that that's pretty much the gist of, of most of my likes in terms of, like, just memorable, authentic scenes that sort of center the core relationship on the show. Because I think that was really important, despite, like, the rest of the plot being very flimsy. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah definitely i feel like west talent was the glue that held this episode together it, was, it really was yeah it was the gold like you know gold standard is gold standard for a reason gold standard um like who is touching them who who after this episode nobody um i love that you know barry after destroying and not wanting to rely on the um artificial speed force meant that the lightning rod concept was coming back into play because that was only going to be the only way that he would get his speed back. And we've been talking about it for forever. So it's really nice that they not only had it come into play, but like doubled down on it and tied in, you know, the throwbacks to season one um, with, you know, Iris at, at Barry's side and it's feeling a spark. And then, you know, Barry at Iris's side, they have, they tied into the crisis with the Paragon of Love and in that crisis um, episode, you know, there were a lot of like little touches of of him being the paragon of love because of his love for for Iris and, and their love for each other. And how that kind of comes back around here, like what you're saying about <laughs> that was like my favorite line. Maybe he's like, our love is as strong as a lightning bolt that hit me. Yes, baby. <laughs> That was like an A-plus line. I'm sure Eric wrote that because I was just like, you know, we are the Flash motherfuckers. Um, welcome to the West Sound Show, guys. And like Chester said, he's like, that's so romantic. Yes, Chester. Yes, yes it was. <laughs> yes, it was, Chester. Thank you. Um, I like the, you know, the the end when, you know, she is – I don't – like because I, I feel like we had established in the previous episode that this ball was toxic and would terrify anybody that touches it. And she just like – <laughs> strolls in is like yeah I'm gonna touch it <laughs> um but like the whole scene of him running around with his little floppy hair <laughs> <You know? laughs> and the montage of all like West Allen family and you know this is like laying over the fact that love is he's running towards love and you see all these shots of like Wally and Joe and Iris um really really great um getting his powers back um, I liked um, what little small bit we got of a mirror fight between Iris and Eva. I like that, you know, we had, you know, May had her, her, her prediction that Iris had powers. Yes. And we got to see, like, a, it was a little bit, but we got, I'm glad they at least showed it. Um, I liked that uh, Ralph 
<laughs> again, like this, you know, this was a good explanation for why we can't see Roth. Um, his face melting off and them having to go hunt other stuff was a great way to address the fact that Ralph is still a character on the show that he hasn't been killed off yet. They haven't had time to kill him off because they fired him over COVID break. Um, so it gives, and the fact that his face is like melted and he ends, cause I was waiting for it. It's just almost not joy. Cause I was waiting for them to show like, where is his face? Um, to see who it was. Um, but the fact that they, they put him in like a Daft Punk helmet and Barry's little like, yeah, <laughs> I like to dance. Oh, that was Daft cute. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. It looked like he could have been like a blooper. Like, <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> he looked like a worm <laughs> vertically. <laughs> um, anyway, but like that whole, um, explanation for why we can't see his face and, you know, with the option to bring him back. Once they get a new actor, um, Satya and Brett Deer, <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> this was good. It was, it was believable. And I also like that, um, OG Harrison Walls, he isn't staying past his welcome. Like he came in, he's like, I'll, I'll help you out. And now I'm going to go be with my wife. Like he is my favorite now. He knows where the door is, you know? Yeah. He's my favorite <laughs> Wells already. He does not overstay his welcome. He's, he's, he's very polite. Um, also, <laughs> I, I will throw a little, a little bone out to, um, the team fight, although I don't see why Allegra was not out there, unless I guess because they're saying she was in a costume or whatever, but she has powers. Mm-hmm. Like, they shouldn't be picky. Send her out there. But the um, killer vibe team up and, and, you know, the ones that were out there, it was fun, I guess. I like the CGI for, um, what was it? Barry got, like, got on the roof and he's like spinning and that kind of tornado lightning thing going on there. That was cool. That's probably why we didn't have enough CGI budget left to make Harrison's mirror festival walk. too much funny on lightning effects. Okay, Iris, you get one funny. one mirror trick and that's it. <laughs> okay, I think I'm done. I would say Josiel, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they're not they're not Barry and Iris, so you know, any kind of shipping scenes is not gonna compare in this episode particularly so oh, well well i will say joe seal um i just that i think you're the nicest so of I course am you the nicest? <laughs> <laughs> no i thought they were cute i did like that um you know we were reminded that they do love each other and it's nice that we have like the theme of love being repeated with the different um couples right uh of course there's also the team love but in terms of romantic love, obviously we have West Allen superiority, West Allen supremacy, West Allen for the win. Um, their love powers the universe. It creates the speed force. Uh, it destroys the mirrorverse. We love to see it. Um, we live it. We breathe it, et cetera. Even if we can't touch it and they can't kiss it, snort it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I love the hug. The hug was super cute. Um, oh, the hug Grant, is so cute. Grant did all that working out just so he could lift up Candace and we love that for him. <laughs> Um, thank you, Grant. Just kidding. He would have been a little trouble anyway. But someone said that on Twitter. I thought that was so funny. They're like, Grant was working out so he could lift up Candace. Okay. <laughs> um, but I did think Joseph was really cute. Um, and him, you know, potentially going into the mirrorverse to get her or whatever, right? Being trapped by that, the idea of her being there. But thankfully, that did not end up happening for him. And we got our Cecile back. Also, I loved Cisco being like, I'm going to kiss you so hard, Camilla. I'll be right <laughs> over there. The kiss you off screen. 
and stay happy. off screen because they only share that one scene. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm happy that the kiss was off screen because I would have been pissed if they had kissed unless Alan didn't. So thank yeah. you guys. Even on Superman Lois, I'm like, there's no, there's no yeah. kissing happening. So, so you know, there you go, COVID. But, <laughs> um, and then of course, you know, this all ties back to then Harrison being like, I'm gonna go live with my wife for four years over and over and over again. <laughs> um, so love, love, guys. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, but it was cute. I, I enjoyed all that. And yes, I am glad this this Wells did not overstay his welcome. Thank you, Wells. <laughs> um. And it was it was kind of fun to see like the others like be like oh yeah we actually hated the version that we thought was you but this version of you sounds kind of <laughs> cool would be nice to hang out with you sometimes um, I do also agree um, that this version of Ralph in the in, in the melted plastic Ralph in in the Daft Punk mask was funny it's like an interesting way to go around it I'm gonna have to assume that. They had, I, like, I don't know, like, did they already film the scene with Hurley? Is that why they did that? Or is it literally just, like, we have a stand-in? I think we, it was a stand-in. Stand yeah. Oh, okay. Because like, awesome episode story. was not uh, filmed until COVID. Because, because I, I don't know, I, I guess there are other ways that I would have done it, but I'll talk about the other one. So for now, I'll say it was funny, and props to the actors for just keeping a straight face through it, right? Just be like, yes, classic man, literally classic man. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> um... Uh, and so, you know, yay, Sue got off, and now she's going to go save the world in her own way. <laughs> and I did enjoy the mirror battle. I liked the, the um, team flash teaming up to try to stop Ava. And then, of course, Iris being, you know, with her emotional IQ, being the one to be like, hey, Eva, it's like this. And then Eva being like, oh, my God, Iris, you're right. If only I'd let you out of the mirror verse sooner so you could tell me this many months ago, we wouldn't be in this position right now. <laughs> I also liked a little bit of mirror powers. That Iris showed, plus the fact that she powers the Speed Force. And I'm looking forward to what the different colored lightnings mean, which we will be talking about, I'm sure, in our predictions. So what did we not have joy about? <laughs> oh my uh, the Ralph stuff, for me, was just, like, super tacky, cringy. He, like, as soon as he showed up in the mask, I know that they were trying to go for but my issue, I guess, because there was so much already happening in this episode, and they needed to tie up the Mirrorverse arc, they needed to bring back Iris, they needed to bring back everybody else, blah, blah, blah. So I feel like they could have kept this. Like, Ralph and Sue were already gone. Why bring them back now? They could have just brought them back on, like, two episodes or so with him. Like, they could have done an exposition exposition scene and be like, this is what happened to Ralph. His face melted off and then just introduced a new actor or something. I don't know. So I felt like this was just over the top in cringe factor um, with regards to like how they dealt with the obvious um, absence of Ralph because he was just, it was just bad. <laughs> um, so I did not like that. And I think that could have been better, better handled. I think the a Jocelyn is cute, but like, the fact that every time something's going to happen to Joe, he's like, kiss Jenna for me. I was like, do you care about your other daughter? Like, I don't, you care about the daughter that doesn't exist, <laughs> but not her. Every time like, they try to pretend like they care about her, it's so offensive. <laughs> <laughs> that just like pissed me off. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Why would you say this, Joe? Why do you hurt my heart? Um, so that was not cool. And then just like with Wells, I liked this Harrison and I liked some of the scenes with him, but Again, a lot of stuff happening in this episode. His appearance to the team, since he's a new Wells, could have happened next episode. And the whole, like, 
time travel thing. I don't even know how that but works. They needed him to hold to hold his hand. <laughs> Well, they He's explained to Barry about him being the paragon of love. Um, yeah. But it was just, I don't know, some of that didn't land well within the pacing of the episode. And, and just the fact that now he can just time travel whenever he wants just was really off. Though I did appreciate him cheesing in the background, you know. <laughs> but um, Ava, of course, is probably like the lamest thing about this episode because she was – a good villain before or like she was she had a lot of potential to be a good villain the actress was good i think that there was a lot going on there between like her dynamic with iris and i feel like they just dropped the ball they just lost the plot completely with her because they did not know where they were taking her what her motivations were they could have you know stretched it out a little bit more to kind of give us a little bit of more insight into what she was planning and why she was planning it rather than i feel like they rushed a lot of it mm-hmm. to get her to this point and then they rushed the conclusion to the point where it's like, let's hold our gloved hands together in COVID and send these clones back to the mirror world where they belong. And it just felt like so. It's kind of weird that Iris is wearing gloves for some reason. Like, why is she wearing gloves? Yeah, I thought that was odd too. Um, it just screamed like pandemic, even though she wasn't wearing gloves in any other scene. Um, so I don't know. It was just, it was rushed. She didn't know what she wanted. And then that made her even less villainy, you know, less evil, less, uh, like less convincing for, or less, less intimidating convincing, as a villain. Yeah, because like she a good villain needs to know like where the direction is. What is their motivation? What is driving them? Otherwise they're just there to, you know, wreak havoc and it's just like, okay, whatever. You know, you want to destroy the city. Ooh, you know, you're so scary. Um so it, <laughs> <laughs> so this is basically what evil was. Um and it was just you know, there was just so much potential with the mirror world stuff and the fact that they just didn't know what to do with it. It's just so upsetting to me. Um, so yeah, and and it's just it's interesting because like to me it had uh, distinct parallels to like Marley's, and I don't know if it's just like because she's a woman that they're just gonna let her go. So yeah, just like let her be a villain. I mean, I'm glad she didn't die. Or that the power of love will save her. The power of love will save her. The power of love will save blood be work. The case. And I feel like. Exactly. And then she was too far gone at this point to just have it a two, like maybe a 30 second pep talk, like bring her back down to earth because nothing else was working before. I mean, she killed her husband and everything. So I don't know. It was just an interesting way to uh, wrap up her storyline that could have been handled a lot better and a lot more cohesively. Let's just say she was a flop because mm-hmm. they, they really flopped with Mirror Mistress. Um Mirror Monarch. <laughs> Mirror whatever. <laughs> they really dropped the ball with Eva as a villain. I, I like uh, I like when you tweeted, like, <laughs> Eva has lost the plot. <laughs> I was like, yes, she has. Yeah, I think they're yeah. extremely accurate. Um, I, I didn't like the way that the whole mirror verse invading the real world came into play. I didn't like the let's hold hands and, and help you through it way that it ended. Um, I thought the clones, you know, they didn't really, <laughs> when, speaking of Joe Steele, like the fact that, you know, they're locked up in, in the Tom and Barry's like office or whatever, he's not gone to in like a year. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, Joe is sacrificing himself so that Cecile can get out and kiss their daughter that doesn't exist. And Y'all are so rude to Jenna. <laughs> they are rude to they Jenna first. They are rude to Jenna first. 
But then, like, she immediately gets snatched. And, like, Cecile, how useless are you? <laughs> you had a free line of escape, and somehow you still get body snatched? Like, what is up with that? Um, so I just feel like, you know, I, yeah, I also, I just feel like they're, like, Cecile especially is a little bit too deer-eyed. I think Danny, like, goes overboard a little bit <laughs> when they're in danger. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, girl. Um I didn't like that. I feel like with Eva, like like you said, like she they had no real plan of what they wanted to do with her. And I feel like the fact that this is Iris's villain, um they could have done more. They could have worked harder at it. Like it would have been a different story um if Eva wasn't the real Eva wasn't actually dead, but like locked in the mirror or somewhere, like you know instead of her dying, she's get thrown into the mirror world. And then, you know, she's missing for all the time and, and her husband's covering it up or whatever, or like the mirror version of her has her locked away. And like, she's someone that Iris has to find. That would have been a great twist. If Iris finds the real Eva in the mirror world, that would have been a great twist. And then it could have worked together against the more powerful, like mirror copy. Great twist. What we got. Not great. Um, (laughs) You know, just this, like, weird mother-children dynamic and, you know, I don't know. Like I said earlier, like, why we have to rely on the power of love to save Eva and the power of love is not the modus operandi when it came to, like, blood work, you know? Um, So let's stop doing that to women villains, okay? (laughs) Um, What else? I think yeah, I think that was mainly it. I think the this finale was like a half and half to me. Everything that was not West Allen, <laughs> it was which was basically this Eva plot. It was just cringy dialogue and acting, and and didn't like any of it. That's <laughs> the long short of it. I forgot to say that I the one aspect of the Eva plot I did like was them finally giving us kind of a concrete explanation of what it was that her goal was. Because I feel like for all this time, it's just been like, I wanted a better world. And then I'm like, okay, how? You didn't do anything to make a better world. <laughs> but now in her little scene with Barry, where she was like, y'all haven't done shit. Whereas I could be doing this, this, and this. I was like, well, okay, that, yeah, that, there's a little bit. There's a little bit. Okay, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. <laughs> but outside of that, I agree with you that it was, it was cheesy, it was cringy. And also it was just kind of like a letdown after the buildup or the potential that Eva had to be such an interesting villain. Yeah. I do like, the, I do like the idea that she and Ramsey are kind of similar villains in the sense that it was like two people who literally, who thought that what they were doing was going to be better for people. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they just took their methods were too far. And also they were acting out of personal vengeance, right? Mm-hmm. A personal or a personal incident made them want to revamp the world um, in an interesting way. And then, so they're not like horrible people from the start. So that's interesting. But I think that the resolution for Eva was even like even more of just like a this is how the world ends, not with a bang, but with a whimper. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they ran out of gas. Exactly. Which I mean, it could have been part COVID, but I don't. I think that even even like last season with all that time that we spent with Iris in the Mirrorverse and not really building on that storyline, mm-hmm. just shows that they didn't really know where to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, like the fact that we got a hint of Iris having powers in this episode when we could have been building that up more in the Mirrorverse. And maybe having, like, a tug-of-war, you know, from, like, Iris being able to control things from inside 
either, either control things from outside, etc. That would have been more interesting than what we got, which was just Iris there getting two scenes an episode <laughs> while everything else stayed the same outside. Um, it's sad to see Barry be dumb again. So, <laughs> even though I know Barry was not great last episode, but at least he was smart. <laughs> and here he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, also, we spent two episodes saying goodbye to Wells, and then he came back immediately. And then we had to say goodbye to him again. And he's not going to be done. We know he's coming back. Stop saying goodbye to this man. I'm tired of this man. So, thanks for nothing, Wells. Um, also, didn't like that they had, like, you know, Allegra was there, again, continuing this whole, like, oh, no, yeah, I should have been nicer to Nash mm-hmm. when he was being a total creep. Well, they're being like, oh, hi, new Wells. Why don't you stay and raise me? Um, like, could teach, like, when she's like, someone has to teach me. Like, you have, like, five other people in right. this lab that can but help you with your powers. Iris can be your mentor. Mm. <laughs> Which, again, I also forgot to say, I did like that scene where she was by Iris' bedside. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yes, no, yes. this is something without you. We need you. I was like, that was really cute. Was I did love that. Okay. So, anyway, um, Mirror Monarch, as her name, was stupid. Mirror Mistress is the superior name. Please change it back to Mirror Mistress. Mirror Monarch sounds like a butterfly, <laughs> some kind of version of a butterfly. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that overall, even like even the West Allen stuff, although the West Allen stuff was what I liked best, it felt like this episode kicked it up a notch in terms of the cheese. Like, it really did feel um, like it was an episode, like an English dub episode of Sailor Moon back in the late 90s. Is <laughs> <laughs> what this felt like? So, <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it's you, Kristen, yeah. Kristen. Kristen Kim. It's, I feel like but. it's Kristen Kim. <laughs> but yeah, there was just something about it that I was like, mm, I don't know. It's a little, it's just a little too when silly. When I saw her name on, like, it's like this was a finale, right? Like, why would he do that? Exactly. But I mean, like, yeah, I guess the Flash has never been amazing at finales. Yeah, but that's in true. this was definitely not one of my favorites. Um, however, you know, at least West Allen was amazing or superior, <laughs> at least. Okay, feedback. Um, quite a bit. So. Sonia, um, hold on a Sonia says, this is a great episode <laughs> on top of our negative Oops. reactions. Sonia says, this was a great episode, and I love how it opened on the team waking up after Emotionless Barry attacked them, and then literally finding all of my emotions are back 1,000% Barry, crying over Iris and begging them to help her because he went from 0 to 60 in like one millisecond. Love the spark scene, and I knew there was a reason they added the scene from season one in the promos, left with such a good callback, and the great realization of the We Are the Flash statement holds true. Such a great FU to Iris and West Allen haters. I also love that when we were discussing Iris, using Iris to power the Speed Force, they brought up that she was a speedster at some point, and then Laura's powers used the colors of both her dad and her mom's lightning, showing that when Barry's powers got put into Iris, there was some left over there, and they used that to power the Speed Force. Um... Wondering why Allegra and Chester weren't helping Barry, Frost, and Cisco fight all the mirror duplicates. Like, Cisco doesn't even have powers. That's a good point. Like, Cisco doesn't have powers. He just had, like, like speakers on his chest and <laughs> that malfunction in the little fight. Allegra does, and I'm pretty sure that Chester does, too. So I don't know why they were sidelined. Probably COVID restrictions, but still. Um also love that they had to basically make Ralph's face melt off and his whole voice be super weird as he who shall not be named is on not on the show anymore. I was watching this with my parents who don't keep up with behind the scenes news, so it was really nice when I got to explain to them that the actor got fired. He's a racist, sexist, misogynist piece of shit. Joe Steele's stuff was great. The fact that he almost willingly went into the mirror world to be with Cecile was so heartbreaking. 
Um, glad that Eva fixed everything before he did that, though. Um, let's see. The scene. Oh, wait. I still don't know what to think of Eva as a villain. Like, I don't know what her whole villain plot even was like. She wanted to rid the world of black hole technology, and then she wanted to take over the real world. And now she's like, oh, I'm going to restart on the mirror world. And even though I have no way of making new people, but bye. Like, what? The scene where Eva was unable to control her mirror duplicates was super weird because then somehow a West Island prayer circle was able to help. In my opinion, the scene would have made <laughs> a lot more sense if you had yellow lightning emanating from Barry, some sort of indication of mirror powers emanating from Iris, and the same from Eva so they could show that they were combining powers to help stop Eva, but I don't know. Or, or help Eva stop them, but IDK. Um, and then she also said it was really interesting to see that Cisco has a full suit thing that mimics his vibe powers, and it's not like he just created that out of nowhere. Like, he's clearly been working on it for a while, and maybe he misses his powers. So do we think that they'll ever get, we'll ever get MetaHuman Cisco back? Thoughts? Um, I think that it's going to be just tech-based Cisco. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like, because we, we did had such a long arc for him to just be like, no, I don't need the powers. However, I guess I need vibe. So, <laughs> so <laughs> never mind. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it would be weird if he just was like, no, you know what? I take it back. I want the powers again. Yeah. Yeah, I agree it would be weird, but did we not see, like, set photos of him wearing his vibe costume? But now I feel like it's just the, the speakers that he's wearing. Yeah, in okay. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. Then, cause, good, because that wouldn't make sense. <laughs> um, thank you, Sonia. I know I, I chopped up your feedback, but I will post it all on Tumblr. Anita, um, ladies, happy weekend. This week's Lady with Gumption has got to be Iris with Allen, so she's already getting her nomination in. After she cut her sick leave short to save the Flash, take up a new <laughs> meta power and save the city all in 18 hours, is there a thing this woman can't do? The Flash has had its share of interesting characters, but I've got to say that Iris is the one holding this whole operation together. I knew Eva would walk. Did anyone else get season four Marlena? Oh, Marlies. She's she meant Marlies. Vibes. Yep. As a villain, he turned out to be a misguided scientist trying to use her inventions for a positive impact. I wonder if she will ever return, even as an antihero that Iris has to work with, mainly because of the meta power connection. I guess she's talking about Marlies. I would like to see Marlies come back, so. I'll that would be cool. I agree. Um, I like the Jennifer Pierce treatment for Ralph's transformation. I guess mostly made sense. Now that he and Sue are off on their black hole adventures all over the world, they'll make interesting drop-ins. As for Wells, was Allegra's sudden cleanliness necessary? And why bring back the original just to say goodbye again? And what caught his eye in the speed lap? That was the, the lightning, actually. So we had, when it was happening, Harrison Wells is like looking really, really creepily off somewhere in the distance. You don't know what he's looking at. And then at the end, they do the 18 hours later and you see exactly what he's looking at, which is the lightning shooting up into the sky. Um, so there you go, Anita. And then Paulina's feedback for the flash. She's like, I'm so, the gift I'm so used to giving and now I get to receive. <laughs> we have fought wars in this fandom. We have been dealt with enormous amounts of filth, dealing with the racist garbage of fans who have hated the fact that Barry and Iris is a love story. We have lived through the disrespect to Iris time and time again in the media. We have known even the Flash official counts to ignore Iris and Candace. We have been through hell and back. And then in season seven, almost six and a half years since the show premiered, it finally happened. What can I say? This is years in the making. Because in season seven, episode three, entitled Mother, Mother, the Flash said that Iris' aunt, West Allen, 
Queen of the Flash family, mother of the Speed Force. She is Bartholomew's heart. She, his reason for running, his source of his powers, the reason that he is a paragon of love, injected into my veins, shattered from the rooftops. Sing it for in songs for the ages. Let it be known. <laughs> <laughs> Think it wasn't heavy handed. Yeah. Do I care? No. Um, let's see. The lift hug being a direct parallel to the pilot hug. Barry awakening from his coma and lifting Iris to his arms. Iris awakening from her coma trance state and Barry lifting her into his arms. Iris created speed force is the reason for her husband doing anything and being anything. Created a bunch of own other forces. Likely still has residual mirror powers and possibly was impregnated by the spark between her and Barry's fingers. She's not <laughs> kidding, actually. That's her prediction. <laughs> the rest of the episode was meh, but I don't care. OG Wells is back, but then he left again. He looks good in that suit, though. Ralph is a robo man with an astronaut helmet, and he and Sue went off to help the world. Cecile and Joe are running from mirror pod people. And all I have to say is, where is Jenna in all of this? Also, the Wally flashback really got me. I miss him so much. I miss Wally, too. And then finally, Suara says... Babysitting Jenna. Like, I hope they're just paying her so well. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Suara says, now this is the flash I've been waiting for. Really, man? Okay. Well, like, let's, let's see. What were you waiting for, Suara? Suara says he was waiting for West Allen at the center. So much so that their love restores various powers and they defeat Eva together. Chef's kiss. Okay, I agree with that. Um, this was so good and poignant and emotional. The writing direction were the best they've been in a while, and the cast, especially Candace and Grant, were utilized so well. I really love this episode and the uh, messaging of doing better when you're done when you've done wrong, and Mira Eva actively atoning for what she's done. It really landed well for me. Side note, but I couldn't help but be reminded of Rita Repulsa from the 2017 Power Rangers movie with her costume. <laughs> Um, also, I gotta admit, but all the team members were good in this episode, including Ripoff Elsa. <laughs> so, I finally have something nice to say about Frost. <laughs> we'll put it on the, on the calendar. This is a <laughs> auspicious day for Frost. <laughs> um, she's, he says that she felt useful and complimented the plot instead of hindering it. Also, didn't mind the original Wells. Um, while Barry should be smart enough not to need him, it made sense in this sour context. So, that is all the feedback. And we love to hear it. Did and I say Danielle? Did you say Danielle? I did not say Danielle. I don't no. think. Sorry. <laughs> um, really, really quickly. Danielle says, the flashes we did not spark joy. It was the oh. most jarring. Yeah. It was the most jarring flash has ever been, especially after two pretty good episodes. Um, she says, Cisco has great value as vibe. I don't understand why I got rid of his powers in the first place. It's so frustrating. I understand the thought of being um, behind bringing back the Speed Force. Iris being the only person left with a connection to it because she was stuck in the Mirrorverse makes sense. But the most, like most things, horrible execution. I don't know what Iris not fully being Iris for most of the episode brought to the table, especially as the way she was behaving was never brought up. I think there, like when she was first coming out of it, she was still kind of like loopy. But I think she was still Iris. I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I felt like she was Iris, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, th- I think so, too. I think she was just a little bit out of it. She seemed like it was a yeah, little bit of a trance-type yeah. thing before she finally, like, came to after Barry got his speed back. Like, one of the other non said they had to cut her sick leave short because she had shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So many of the choices the directors went for made it jarring, like Joe being compelled to go into the mirrorverse. It felt like he was staring at the window for 15 minutes with no explanation. He knew about the duplicates, so the idea that he was 
just confused about Cecile doesn't really work um, unless I'm finding reasons to dislike it. And I think this one, he knew Cecile was a duplicate and that was the whole thing. Like the duplicate was to like, join us, one of us, come to the mirror. That's where your, right. your love is. And so he was just like, do I go or not go? Should um, I stay or should I go? <laughs> Uh, disappointed by OG Wells' reunion um, and Cisco with Cisco in the goodbye, but at least he's not sticking around. Um, look, the flash barely ever lands conclusions, but holding hands with Eva to save the day may be the worst. I would have loved to see more of Iris sympathizing with Eva. They showed her gaining control of her powers, and somehow that was supposed to explain why Iris could care about a woman who kept her prisoner for a month. Like maybe Iris gaining some control connected them, so not only was Iris in her head, but she's also in Iris's. So she was keeping her in the mirror versus a way of protecting her from the pain of losing her husband, which I feel like would have added to her mother's chick, which I do remember from last season. So it didn't come out of nowhere, but it was a thing that was established that wasn't worthy of being the big bad's motivation. Um, and then see, Caitlin is really lame and doesn't do anything outside of exposition. And like a character name is right, Barry. And I don't know what is wrong with me, but I, I don't know. I find that kind of endearing. Um, and then finally she says that Mina, um, excited to see Mina, but not excited for whatever bullshit they come up with. And she's a patron, new patron member. So yay, Danielle. Yay. So that is all. I am now done. <clears throat> well, thank you for that. Um, I will just jump right in with a prediction that I have. Uh, well, actually, I guess it's a question. It's, it's, it's double, right? I actually have not really read the episode descriptions for the future ones, so I don't know if it's already been confirmed. But the different colored lightnings would either be the Speedstorm from Joshua Williamson's run. I love when Joshua Williamson gets his checks cut, which makes sense because <laughs> that's where Godspeed and Mira came from. Um, or it could be the different forces because it turns out that there's more than one force. There's a Speed Force, a Stage Force, a Steel Force, and the whatever other force. And there's four of them, which is those, like four colors, four forces. Um, Ooh. But because, like I said, Godspeed and Mira, I'm assuming it's going to be the Speedstorm. But that could lead, you know, from that to the other forces, which maybe maybe when Iris forces a connection or forges a connection with the Speed Force, she will learn that she has another force. That's not the Speed Force. Interesting. The Sage Force, if you will, because she I is like a this. sage. I like so this a lot. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my prediction. They could be they could do both of them because there's mm-hmm. having two running storylines this season. Or if right. they and have Harry and Iris yeah. them together, I think. Right. Or if they yeah. just have like Mina and, and and August be one of the two forces. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Like my mine was just like basically an observation, but like this this not lost on me that you know the finale is called Mother, and you have Miss Mirror Monarch who is claiming she's a mother to all her mirror children, which blah. But and how that's a parallel to Iris, but Iris is like with the lightning shooting up in the sky. She and we know that lightning is going to come back into new speedsters. So basically. Iris literally becomes mother to new speedsters. And since we know that we're getting Mina, Mina's probably coming from that speedster lightning strike. So technically, she is West Allen's child. (laughs) 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 A shipping pond for any Iris aunties. Like, you you don't get it. There you go. (laughs) Like, Iris is like Nicki Minaj, like, all these bitches is my sons. Love that for me. Any predictions, May? No, I, I had two of mine come you through, so I'm good for like the next half of the year. Nice. You're like, I'm I've done wave. what I could. 
guess we move right. into the lady. Yes. Do we, have, do, we, do we already know? I think we've already decided before we even have say we? anything. I think we can. I think we can debate it though. Yeah. Okay, let's debate. Let's debate. Hmm? I feel like for if we're going by show, who would be the the one on Batwoman? Oh, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan certainly had gumption. Yeah, she did. Yeah, lie about that. Hallucinating, and she still has time to leave and try to find the map. Right. <laughs> and ocean. Yeah. And went and went to to her ex as Batwoman. Not even just like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and had the gumption to not kill Alice. She had and the gumption yeah, to not the brains. Put a tracker. Right, exactly. Yeah. All gumption, no brains. <laughs> All gumption, no brains. You could argue um, that it was the fever. <laughs> right. Black Lightning, I would say Jin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or JJ. Yeah. JJ. Mm-hmm. Love it. And then obviously Flash would be Iris. But yep. I think overall I would still give it to JJ. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I support that. I mean, it was for. It was her debut. She did go through a yes. lot, and she reemerged even more confident in her genness. So mm-hmm. I support that. Well, um, do you agree with that, May? I just can't get over like all the cheesiness and the flash. That's true. That's true. So points docked from the flash for, for extra cheesiness. But she just for, birthed, for, like, birth, rebirth the speed force. Is that not gumption? <laughs> What more does she have to do, <laughs> Jessica? The plot that has is not the goalpost. <laughs> <even to me. laughs> Just kidding. Um, so honorable mention for I mean Iris would be side B for sure because only yeah. one, but yeah. still. Um, <laughs> and I still think like real world and in in narrative. I feel like you know JJ and yeah. Laura. It was a good debut, so mm-hmm. I support. Yeah. All right. Well, overcame more things. <laughs> Thank she you guys. Mm-hmm. for bearing with us and uh please check us out at uh ladies with gumption <laughs> dctv gumption on twitter ladies with gumption wherever podcasts are found ladieswgumption.tumblr.com or at gmail.com and we'll be back next week with more of these episodes and by the end of the month probably well, not next month with falcon and winter soldier because mm-hmm. oh and possibly within the next week or two um justice league because oh right four fucking hours and i i don't get paid to watch this movie <laughs> and only one of us has not seen all four hours yet so once i see it then we will it. discuss it yeah and good on all Patreon. right there be well bye, bye. bye.